just became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got me here. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've seen seven episodes of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is season one, episode seven, Life in a Glass House. Luke, you mind if we get a few words before your first game? We're going to put it on the internet. Ravenshoops.com. Yeah, we're going to have a webcast and everything. What the hell is this? Well, we have this website. Yeah, we're sports announcers. Not in here, you're not. The locker room's closed. No media. Did you hear that? We're media. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it's always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move upstairs and settle in, as tonight's episode for debate is... Season 1, Episode 7, Life in a Glass House. Dominic, we are here once again. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We've reached an interesting episode. All of the episodes are interesting. But this one in particular is taking us off track even further than the last episode did. I'm looking forward to hearing your perspective on the drama. I, I'm I'm really glad that you said that and that you've pitched this episode like that because the whole time I was watching the episode, I thought it's completely different from the last one and is it feels like we've taken a different turn. Like we haven't left off, we haven't started where we left off in the previous one. Mm. It's, I, I understand that it's a week later because that's explained in the episode and, and there's an awkwardness about everyone and everything but it's just taking a really really strange turn yeah and we kind of we said in the last episode that that episode is a bit of like a palate cleanser of the drama that had preceded it and we were going out of Tree Hill and having characters mixed up uh, that wouldn't necessarily be in those social groups and then this episode is kind of back. It's almost like as if the last episode maybe didn't even happen. Like if you took that out of the chronology, do, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, there are parts that obviously lead to it, but this feels more aligned if that episode hadn't happened. Like the way that Haley gets treated by Brooke, for example, uh, you know, and, and lots of others that we'll get to. Yeah, had the last episode not happened, you would it would still all make sense. Yeah, it wasn't like a vital oh I've missed one kind of episode. It was a um a good like filler episode. But mm. we need to make this like mix this up a bit. And everyone was so separate until they came together at the end, and the adults were always seemed to follow this slightly separate path, even though they. Um, interweave with the youngsters every now and then but this one they were all thrust together mm-hmm. they're all under one roof mm-hmm. literally um, which actually I thought brought a really interesting dynamic to the whole to the whole episode it's like what it was like watching a play yeah this this episode for me instead of it being jumping from scene and location to location it was like watching a play and you you, you see different actors coming onto set rather than you know coming onto stage sorry rather than it jumping to 
a town 400 miles away sort of thing you know mm, yeah because all of the characters were like you said in that same setting you could imagine it on a stage actually like yeah actors move off stage right others come in left and then you know yeah they're kind of like, like as if the camera doesn't need to cut even though I get, obviously it was cutting but yeah I think that's a good good perspective before we go any further if you're a fan of our podcast and One Tree Hill, you have probably already listened to Tree Hill Talk by the It Takes Free Podcast Network. If you haven't, we're going to put a little commercial here for their podcast network anyway. But the point I bring it up is Dom and I just recorded an episode for our other podcast called The Mighty 90s with Alyssa and Michelle from the It Takes Free Podcast Network for the movie Clueless which was really fun. And by the time this is released, that should have been released on our Mighty 90s podcast. So uh, yeah, get involved in that. We talk a lot about One Tree Hill in that uh, because it just, you know, crops up every now and again uh, when we're all talking anyway, it does. So uh, yeah, check out this commercial and then yeah, go and check out that episode of our Mighty 90s podcast as well. Seth Cohen, Brooke Davis, Blair Waldorf. Sound familiar? It Takes Three Network houses shows surrounding your favorite nostalgic teen dramas. Whether you are watching for the first time or you're binging for the fifth time, you'll definitely want to check us out. You can listen to Tree Hill Talk, Let's Talk OC, and Three Gossip Girls on your preferred listening platform. And for more information, visit ittakes3network.com. So, Dom, what character would you like to start with? I think this week we should start with maybe the older characters. Okay. And work our way to the youngsters. Because the youngsters have the slightly more pivotal story to the episode. Um, as important as the adult story is, or the grown-up story as we like to call it, um, I think we'll save the, the youngsters till later because it's slightly more to talk about, more themes there, I think. Okay. So who would you like to start with? Let's start with Karen. Okay. Like sl- like leading into Keith, I think. Yeah, big episode for Karen. Yeah, I think we you could probably get away with starting with Keith uh, and working your way to Karen. It's either if you did it either way around, it wouldn't really make too much of a difference because their path again just continues and it follows that similar vein of we dislike Dan. Right, both um, of them. But I have I have something quite interesting to say about Karen that I'd only noticed in this episode. Yeah, um, So they get to the front door of the house. So I've jumped I've jumped way ahead because they're talking about the party that Dan is holding. He does it every year. It's the big get the basketball team together, and it's the sponsors kind of come together. And he's like the main sponsor, isn't he? And they sort of everyone refers to it as the sort of kisses, but like party yeah jamboree is yeah what Nathan calls it and um there's a moment that I really wanted to bring up I want to bring it up now so I don't well I don't think I'd ever forget it but I, I just I want to kind of judge your reaction to it but when Dan opens the door Karen's face isn't one of for me anyway isn't one of shock and oh god here we go it's um I still fancy him. Ooh. I still have feelings. There's still feelings there. Ooh. That's what I got from the door opening. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you what do you think of that? I know you can't 
give away anything or tell me anything, but uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on it? On <laughs> uh, it's hard. I can't. I can't, I don't think I can comment really oh. um, because I don't want to give anything any possible you know threads away. But I can talk about his reaction. He seems quite like deflated by them, doesn't he? When he opens the door, he already knows that they're probably going to come because Deb has said that she had made a point of going there to invite them in person. Yeah. Uh, he was putting on um, a brave face mm. at the front door and it was a welcome. And he welcomed them, but not in the way you would expect, you know, if you're having a party and stuff like that, because he doesn't want them there. No. Um, but Karen's face for me, just, just the way she reacted, just said, uh, he still looks the same. There's still a feeling there. He's still the father of my child potentially yeah <laughs> um yeah and that's what I, I took from that and then it kind of snaps back into yeah he's just a horrible human being i don't i'm not really that bothered i'd rather talk to debs and get to know her better than worry about what he's doing do, do you think just aesthetically speaking do you think that karen and dan suit as a couple better than Keith and Karen because I kind of think that do you not think maybe Keith and Deb just on the way that they look I would imagine them together more than and then Dan and Karen together I mean aesthetics mean absolutely nothing but (laughs) I just mean in like in terms of how they would sort of suit together I mean what what do you think um I, I don't know I'm not I'm not sure I entirely agree I think maybe it's because I'm starting to understand their personalities a bit more and that is swaying my judgment. Mm. But I, I do I think you're right with the Keith and Debs thing. There's a connection there. It's definitely a link. They definitely get on. Mm. And they've known each other a long time. Um and they've had it's like they've had a little bond that was then broken by a, a period of separation in that He's the brother-in-law. They got on really well. Dan didn't like it. Stopped seeing Keith. And then now they've... Now Debs is trying to enter into Karen's world and back into Keith's. They're kind of reconnecting. Mm. And there's like a... There's a little spark between them of like... Like a friendship sort of spark, but it's it's a nice moment when they're together. Because actually they both bitch about Dan. Mm-hmm. And... Debs just joins in with it and, and is kind of like, you know, in the last episode he says, why are you, why are you still with him? What's, what's, what's the appeal? And she even says, sometimes he's the man I fell in love with and sometimes he really isn't. So she knows kind of what people are getting at and what other people see. But, um, yeah, the, the Keith and Debs thing is just a, a nice connection between them. And it might just be the chemistry they have as actors between each other. Right, but hang on. So wait, so you could see Keith and Deb. So the bit you don't agree with is you couldn't see uh, Dan and Karen. No. So what, because of the because of their personalities, or because you don't think it, they just wouldn't the vibes wouldn't match. Because I think that uh, as much as like because <clears throat> it doesn't matter what people look like in terms of whether they go, but the energy people give off can't sometimes you kind of they can suit. It's like, oh yeah, I'd imagine though, you know, as a couple, it kind of suits Ryan Gosling and Eva Mendes. 
they've got that energy, that vibes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally with you. <laughs> but you don't see it with, with Dan and Karen. Funny enough, if you'd asked me this in episode two or three, I would have said um, their relationship would work because Karen is a doormat. And she just gets walked all over and she would let that happen. And Dan would just take full advantage. Uh, which he struggles with with Debs because she's not. And she's very independent. Um, and I think he's not a fan of that. But for whatever reason, you know, they love each other and they've been together for a long time. But now, my opinion of Karen has, has changed from that. In that she's no longer really a doormat. She has trying to better herself. Mm. and go um there's even the scene again i've jumped really really far ahead again but the scene where she's going to get a coat as they're about to leave the party yep and dan is at the door well, is they're says, in they're in his room of relics right of him reliving his past exactly and that's that's the comment isn't it that's what karen throws back at him because he he goes why are you doing this you know why are you why are you do, trying so hard to you know get at me or do it's that kind of feeling this, that he's getting at isn't like he? why are you doing this to me yeah and she said, you know, I'm doing it for Lucas because actually, you know, he wants to be part of the basketball team. He wants to feel accepted. He doesn't want you as a father because that you, from my perception, is that he could never be that now. It's, it's too late. Um, but actually, he needs to have that bond with the team. He needs to have that bond with, you know, the girls. He's here because he likes a girl. And I'm not going to let him down, and I don't want to let him down. And for and for too long, um, I've let people walk all over us as a family, and I'm not going to do that anymore. So actually, I'm going to be present, and I'm going to turn up to these things. And you need to get out of the past. And that's that's a really important line that she's said to him. Really important thing to say, because he really is stuck in the past, and thinks he owns Tree Hill, and is still the captain of the basketball team whereas everyone else has moved on and he's the only one that can't well and he's projecting his past onto nathan to make nathan be what he was essentially and then try to push him to go further i guess or live vicariously through him but also karen says in that moment that i'm doing this for lucas and I'm doing it for me mm. to move on is what she's saying. Like she's doing it to move forward. And that is what he is unable to do. He is unable to move beyond who he once was. I think forgiveness is, is a big theme from this, the, the whole series and, you know, the series so far and in particular this episode, um, because the, the moment between Keith and, Karen in the cafe and keeps like yeah and keeps like mm, I probably shouldn't go because of last time and afterwards I said some pretty crazy things and he doesn't necessarily need to be forgiven but she's like you didn't say anything crazy it's kind of acceptance isn't it yeah well but and that was a really flirtatious answer wasn't it of well almost to say I liked what I heard and not pushing it away. So does that, how does, what does that make you think the future has in store for Keith and Karen? So they, there's definitely something going to happen, I think, with those two, whether it happens 
a little bit later or it starts happening soon i i was whenever i've predicted anything i said it happens later it happens a lot earlier than i think it's going to so for me i would be like a few episodes down the road but knowing the series so far it will happen in episode eight (laughs) but i think there will be something there and it'll be something they probably try and hide from lucas a little bit just to kind of work things out and see how it goes and um keep their perception of friends and long-standing friends going but what he'd said in his really drunken state in the last episode when he said that he loves her and kind of always has could have gone completely the other way and she would just be like avoiding him not talking to him and finding it really awkward to be around him and there wasn't that at all and it was really nice it's just a nice feeling between them isn't it it's comfortable Mm. and the fact that exactly what you said like hitting the nail on the head there with she was a bit flirty back and didn't object to it and might even like that again in the future mm-hmm. and it, and is letting that happen so I, I think there's got to be something there got to be well i think this is a good a good opportunity to let you in on some of the more pop cultural stuff surrounding One Tree Hill. So because Dom is not allowed to do any Googling or any social media, so on and so forth, then you you don't know this stuff apart from what I tell you, right? Yeah. So each of the they they're called they call they call them ships on the interwebs. Ships. Yeah. Ships. Like relationships relationships but i think it's not owned but they call ships because it's like who are you shipping like who are you supporting to to become an item you know a relationship or whatever but it's also like you and i have a ship okay because we have a friendship it's our relationship right yeah so our what would our 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 ship name be have to be like somonic or (laughs) Diamond, diamond, like a diamond. Yes. Do you like that? Let's go with that. Diamond or Somonic? Somonic's awful. Diamond. Somonic sounds like some sort of diarrhea tablet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so diamond would be diamond, right? So I can let you in to some of them now that we're getting in a little bit. So uh, you guess. So Lucas and Peyton would be known as and also you must know that just because someone has a ship name doesn't mean that that means the ship may only last an episode or two or it might last the whole nine seasons like multiple there's multiple ship names people can be have been in our own multiple ships has whitey got one no well that's a shame not that i'm aware of but there's some like that are big points that don't like keith and karen i don't think they have a ship name because there's there's even ship names for relationships that don't ever happen right so like people want them to happen and they give them a ship name because like they're shipping for it (laughs) but it never happens so my point is is even if i tell you some of the ship names there's no spoilers in here right because they may happen they may not happen it may change whatever but you're not giving anything away then no i'm trying to be very careful of that But Lucas and Peyton, as an example of one, because their people, you know, ship for them in these stages. What do you think their ship name is? Leighton. That's correct. Okay. 
Um, like late in Orient. Yes. Boo. <laughs> uh, Nathan and Haley. Naley. Yep. Okay. I'm seeing a theme here. Uh, but Keith and Karen, I don't think they have one. Because it's just Karen in it. Because it's <laughs> Kieran. 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 Keith. Keith. <laughs> Hello, Keith. It's, it's like, yeah, it's like Cockney's just entered One Tree Hill. Can't say. Lee! <laughs> And there's others. As we go through, if you if you spot one, try and name it ahead of time, like the ship, and I can tell you if it's right or not. Okay. Um, okay. What else do we need to say about Karen? Is there much else? We get the the conversation with Debs. Oh yes, it was a really important Very conversation. Important. Yeah. And um, they both like each other. It's clear to see, and they both even admit it. They say that they've come away from this whole situation with a friend. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that. I think that's good. Karen played a, a quite a big part in this episode um, for her own, uh, and her own character development was really heading in a, a positive direction. I thought it was really, really positive move for her. Um, she really stood up and said, and put her hands up and said to Deb, I prejudged you. You know, I thought I wouldn't like you, this, that, and the other. I was completely wrong. Yeah, like you said, I, I really like you, I think. And and they, they have a really good chemistry. I think uh, we cannot underrate what Deb has done because she doesn't have to do any of this. I think she empathises with Karen and thinks, that could have been me. It, it could have it could have very easily been a roll of the dice and Dan had gone back to Karen and and Deb would have been in that same situation that Karen's in yeah absolutely this it's he's made a choice and it's like a flip of a coin isn't it yeah do I go home and I go back to the girl I got pregnant four months ago or do I stay here and stay with this girl I, I have to say I was like I was smiling from ear to ear when uh at the reveal of the the dates of the the exact conversation you <laughs> wanted to happen just perfect exposition of i was thinking you'd be there with a pen and paper like right okay so there's two months between that right okay <laughs> then what happened you got a train ticket you got the receipt for that so i want to check like it was that did that scene answer everything for you in terms of the age difference in the timeline between Nathan and Lucas? Yeah, definitely. So Lucas is conceived. He goes to college, and they meet a little says, time later. He says he's going to come back. Yeah, he? and he doesn't because meets Deb. Deb's is conceived. Debs is conceived. Nathan is conceived. Via Debs. Via Debs. And uh, he makes his choice. And I've said this before. I think it's to do with money. Debs com- comes from money. 
and I think he is that shallow. I think I think that was the, that was the choice. So we talk about a flip of a coin. Actually, it might have been a flip of a coin, but he was heavily. It was the flip of several hundred thousand coins. <laughs> yeah, Maybe. coming his way. Right. Yeah. We you you called this only a few episodes ago. You said this is what you thought had happened. That yeah. it was uh, that was the situation. He'd gone to college. This and the other. So you can feel you know vindicated with that. Thanks. <laughs> so. Uh, also, Karen uh, helps with the catering at the party. They uh, get her cakes. Deb's saying that when they moved to Tree Hill is when she first found out about Karen. Mm. So there was no admittance of from Dan of Lucas's existence until they moved there, which is probably a, few, a couple of years down the line. Which makes Deb's an easier person for Karen to like because it was like, well, she didn't even know. So it was really too late by that point. And, and they, they both kind of bonded on that they would have been raging. She, Karen says, I think I would have killed him. And Debs is like, I nearly did. And they both also agree that though he is a douchebag or whatever, they both, they don't regret it because they both love their sons, yeah. respectively. So I think they have so much common ground and it was nice to see them to see them bond over that. Yeah. I agree. So, what's your prediction for Debs? Uh, sorry, what's your prediction for Karen? And then should we move on to Keith? Yeah, I think Keith we could probably do pretty quickly. He didn't have a major impact in the episode. I don't think he did have. He had a nice interaction. Well, not nice, but a good interaction with Dan at the bar. Yeah. But so my prediction for Karen will be better friends with Deb. There's still that. I I've said. She'll be part of the um, the bitchy mum club, boost, the booster club, boosters, yeah. and it will be Debs that rescues her at some point and kind of make helps her fit in. And that happened in this episode where Sherry, Sherry was being a bit of a bitch. I hate Sherry. I'm so glad you said that because I hate Sherry. Hate Sherry. Let's get onto Tim's parents in a minute. Okay. Because they, like, suck Dan's balls, basically. Right, so you're aware that that's Tim's parents, Tim's mum. Nathan says it, doesn't he, mm. to Tim? I don't think I got that until repeat watching. Oh, right, that okay. That was, that's his mum, yeah. I have to really analyse everything I see, yeah. though. <laughs> I try and get as much information as I can for this, <laughs> so that I can go, I know this, is this going <laughs> to happen? And you go, I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bond between Karen and Debs has got really strong. And I think they're going to become better friends. There has to be a moment where it's just the two of them again. Because we've not, I don't think we've had that since she entered the cafe to say, you know, kind of start building that bridge. Scarly, is that the best you can do? <laughs> <laughs> um, so there needs to be an outing just between the two of them. I mean, like a fun day out, um, which Dan will hate mm. and probably try to sabotage. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. And uh, further relationship development with Keith. Okay. In, into more of a love interest than a best friend slash... Confidant. Yeah. Great word. Is that what you want to happen as well? Are you shipping Keith and Karen? Like, do you want them to get... That's what you think is going to happen. Is that what you want to happen? Not necessarily. I think it would be nice for both of them because they clearly love each other 
and they clearly have have had feelings for each other for a long time and they've never done anything about it maybe because of Lucas and they don't want to overcomplicate things but I'm going to say it Keith and Debs man wow Kebs Kebs I want Kebs out there man Kebs or Doof (laughs) give me that Doof (laughs) I think I like Kebs because it's like short for like kebab so in <laughs> in in the uk uh we it's kind of a late night food like chip like kebab and chips kind drunk of like, it's like drunk food yeah <laughs> to have like i'm sure i know that they have kebabs all, all, all around the world but i know that it's a particularly british thing isn't it to have like kebab and chips after a few drinks so yeah so you think you think kebs after a few drinks, maybe. Wow, yeah. It was okay. looking likely in that hotel, wasn't it? In the hotel. Last week. Oh, right, 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 right. At the uh, the dinner, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 At the, the Justice the ho- League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so should we move on to Keith? Let's move on to Keith. Keith Scott. Um, my favourite bit of Keith in this episode was his... Yeah, <laughs> I love that because there's a moment of just him. He wasn't joining in, and then he went all out. <laughs> but, but what was perfect about that line was they were already walking off away from camera, and he did it. So we don't even get to see his exp- his face. <laughs> but it is just you, that was a pretty perfect spot on impression. Actually, <laughs> can we hear it again? Ka-ka! Yeah, I like it. Good. I like that bit and uh, the little pat he got from Lucas for doing mm-hmm. actually joining in. Yeah, it's kind of maybe Keith wouldn't normally join in with that sort of thing, but he did, and it was it was a nice touch. They kind of, they're walking up to the door and they're so unified those three like they they feel like a little family and it's really nice. Mm. Like he has this perfect relationship with Lucas where he is like a father figure to him, but he's not like an overbearing presence like how he is the juxtaposition to dan he allows lucas to make his own decisions make his own mistakes be his own man but is also there to guide him and give him an honest opinion and gives him a bollocking when he's done something wrong yeah exactly as well so he has got the the disciplinarian side of him as well um he has been the the true father figure to lucas um through his you know, life to this point, and that'll continue. I don't think that'll change. Um, moving on to to Keith and Dan, where they meet again, and he asks him what he's he makes a comment about his drinking. He's like, "It's just club soda," and, it's, and Dan's like, "Yeah, it's probably for the best." And then Dan trying to get his own way by saying, "I think we covered a lot of Dan in this, so we could probably mm. sign off Dan at the end of it as well." But um, Dan saying. Well, why don't we both apologise to each other, shake hands, and leave it there? Because that would best suit me. Kind yeah, of. is it? Yeah, that's me in the middle, and it's like always. He says something like, "Always has to be your way" or something, and he says, "Well, works for me." No, he says that's what he says. He says, "Works for me." He's like, "It always has to work for you," and that's the problem. Yeah, it's never Dan coming to the understanding or realization that he's in the wrong and needs to you know apologize or or even compromise he won't even compromise yeah maybe that's what's made him the the stellar businessman that he is 
Well, he he definitely has charm, doesn't he? Like he's able to like manipulate people and other adults. Like when uh, moving on to Dan slightly, we'll come back to Keith, but we'll loop back for you, Keith. But <laughs> when Dan is giving the the speech um, at the at the party to all of the parents, and he says something like, "What does he make?" He makes a bad joke about. Is it the um, the Ravens have won every game except for? When they're beaten against by the, the dads, the, ha, ha, the old ha. men, or whatever. I think he makes another joke that's like a, a bad joke, and it's all, ha, ha, ha. but they all just like really do suck up to him. Yeah, and like that's when Sherry, Sherry, yeah, is like basically so far up his ass, she's his Adam's apple. <laughs> oh, God. She's just like feet dangling out of him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we'll come back to the that. The actress is good because she does make... that well because it... I can't stand her. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and that's the point. Yeah, but um, let's come back to Keith and then we'll move to Dan. Yeah, because yeah. there's there's more to say about the charm thing. For sure, it's important. Okay, um, Keith, we could kind of probably sign off Keith from there. He doesn't really do much else from that, does he? I think he has that interaction with Dan, which is important. It's just like whatever mate do you know what everything has to be in your terms and it's just pathetic mm-hmm. so I think there's there's three occasions in this episode where they hit back at Dan so we'll, we'll talk about that when we get back to Dan okay um, well, I can't think of anything else that happened with Keith other than the interaction with Whitey at the bar please can we save that for when White, we do Whitey 100% I've got so much to say <laughs> he's, he's only yeah. in it so 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 seldomly yeah but every moment that he is on screen is so good. So important and so good. <laughs> you love, Just love Whitey. it. I think he's great. He's what a great character. I've, I made a prediction about Whitey um, early on, doing something wrong, something something big happening, doing something wrong, mm-hmm. and being like forced into like retirement because he's been there a long time, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And when that day comes, I'll be so upset. I'd be so like... sad if he, if he leaves the series for whatever reason I'd be gutted I think okay we need him okay I need him okay <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a, what a, I love him what a great guy well okay so Good. what's your prediction for Keith um just more Keith and Karen but you're so, shipping him for Deb I think that'd be great that's bring, that's the one. Bring on the keb. I think we should do it. We should maybe flow like that a little bit. Like, what 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 do you think is going to happen in reality? But what do you want to happen as a fan? Okay. So yeah, I like that. Cool. It's okay. Nice, nice twist. Okay. So should we move on to Dan then, or do you want to go to Whitey? How where do you want to go? We'll go to Dan. Okay. We'll save Whitey for you know best till last. Okay. On this segment anyway. Okay, so what haven't we touched on with Dan? The interaction at the bar with the barmaid. Oh, Be- creepy. Yeah, when he says... A little splash of dirt. Perfect Manhattan. Is it a Manhattan he orders? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Perfect Manhattan. Yeah. A little splash of this. Perfect Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite bit. So she's, we've got all of that, putting the drink together. And then what does the barmaid say? To him? Yeah, she's like, oh, you really know what you're doing? Or something like along uh, those lines? Or uh, Are you naughty or nice or something like that? No, or... that was last one. Oh, that was last week. Damn it. 
She, oh, that was Deb saying it, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Something, and he says something flirtatious back. Yeah, isn't it? and Deb's is right there. Yeah. And she smashes him down. She calls him on it, yeah. And says... Like, oh, oh, yeah, go on. You're old enough to be her father, and in this town, you might actually be her father. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit! Yes, Debs! Leave that piece of shit and get with Keith! Wow. I want my Keb. <laughs> I thought, oh my god, I thought that's fantastic. You know when you want, like, you know when you see all these, um, like, memes or little videos of, like, like people doing skills and then everybody goes, like, jumping about. I wanted that to happen. I wanted the crowd to come in and be like, ah, in Dan's face. Like a rap battle. Absolutely. <laughs> like the ultimate rap battle. And Debs is just shit on your cornflakes, mate. Wow. She has smashed you up. Wow. That was fantastic. Wow. The best line of the whole episode. I'm calling it now. Debs is MVP for this episode. Wow. I'm seeing it, bro. I'm seeing it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so excited. Let's talk about Debs. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck you, Dan. Wow. Yeah. Wow. True. I'm emotional about this. I'm so, like, I'm I've... pumped. <laughs> pumped about this. I don't think I've ever seen you so animated in 33 like, years ever. of life. <laughs> Is this is this your pure hatred for Dan, or just that you like the the zingers like that? I, I like the fact that Debs will call bullshit on him because mm. she's a really lovely person mm-hmm. from what we've seen so far. Yeah, and then she will be like, she will like full on spit in his face if he's been a dick, mm. and she does it, but she does it in such a calm way. Yeah, and it's like ha ha, and they laugh it off, and but there's like a serious undertone. But she's like, yeah, I will smash you down, bruv. <laughs> yeah, no, she's great. And and then it makes sense, her and Keith being together, if that's you know, your want, because they both are quick like that at Dan as well. Um, and they're both kind of te- tell it how it is. Absolutely. But um, Dan then shrugs it off anyway, doesn't he? He kind of, It's kind of like being told off like he's a little boy like putting his hand in the cookie jar it's kind of like, oh okay yeah well, yeah, yeah. I, I thought exactly that at the end of the episode again when deb says oh you did so well tonight it's kind of got like i've kind of got a treat for you yeah, you shocked me it's kind yeah. of how and i thought he's just been treated like a child because maybe because he acts like a child but his reaction i thought was really good actually like as in he didn't go into his normal kind of you know, just bringing everyone down. He was like, well, I've never felt so unbalanced. It's, that's what he said, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like he's falling. Yeah. He's coming down. I, and I actually felt for him in that moment. I know that we hate him, he's our antagonist, but he kind of, yeah, I, I don't know. The way that Paul Johansson acted that, I can't, he felt like a little boy that had like, you know, I don't know, forget, forgotten to be picked up from school and sat on the you know sidewalk or whatever had to walk home in the rain yeah Yeah. um and i felt i actually i don't know i did actually feel for him in that moment did you or is that just me uh i thought that he was being treated like a kid like a child and was being yeah but patronized i think deb's is getting her own back Mm. I, i i think that deb's is kind of finding she, we already know that she's very independent and has this job that she has to go and travel and she spends time away from home and stuff like that and I, I, 
I don't think that affects her. The only thing that affects her is Nathan, Nathan's well-being and and that and um, kind of her love for him. And as much as she loves Dan, she's not going to let him stand in her way, mm. even though she may have been bossed around by him before. And you know, we talked about him, like Nathan's relationship with Peyton has always been so up and down, and he'll be abusive and then apologize. And I think she's kind of got to that point where she won't accept the abuse. Mm. And it's just like, I've got people around me that are kind of on my side so I can get away with this now. Yeah. And that's that's how it feels to me at the moment. I, I like it. I, I didn't feel sorry for him at all. I think this is like deserved. But Marcus. that's not that's not just me saying, saying it because I don't like him. I don't like the character. Really well acted. But... Um, which is a credit to Paul Johansson because he does it so well. Mm. Um, and his reactions to things as well. When he comes into the room and he sees Debs and Karen talking, he looks genuinely like, oh, they're talking about me and they're saying things that are really not nice because they're talking about, like, hating me. They're, like, laughing at his expense. Yeah. And he kind of scurries away from that. And he's just sort of standing around drinking whiskey. And you can tell he's depressed at his own party. Mm. Um, where that, he would usually be like you know lapping it all up like all of the people buttering him up this is the, the really good reference to the great Gatsby it's the whole point of someone puts on a party but never attends and although he attended it, he might as well have not attended mm. because he's been talked about even though he's in the room like loads wow. of times isn't he so it's it's like he's this really rich guy he's put on this party which is the whole point of the great gatsby isn't it well it's it's the story of the great gatsby is that this geezer gatsby <laughs> puts on all these puts on all these fancy parties but doesn't attend yeah and um dan is the fancy man and it's almost like he shouldn't have bothered attending mm. and that's how he feels and he does that really well mm. I, was, I was impressed with that in this episode mm, very nice okay <laughs> is there anything else we need to say on Debs or Dan or can we wrap them up with predictions oh there's there is something else we have to say on Dan I don't even know who we were covering because they're kind of all merging together we were covering Dan okay well then we need to talk about his interaction with Lucas yeah important uh, very but it's like we don't want to touch on it Maybe we want to touch on that when we get to Lucas because then it would flow more in order to how Lucas got in that position. Okay, we'll come back to... So we'll come back to make a to point to come back to his interaction with Dan. Yeah. Is there, I think that kind of wraps up then, Dan, doesn't it? Just... I uh, really like the scene with him and Karen. And Karen sticking it on him and laying and saying... When she's getting the coat. Saying grow up, basically, isn't she? Mm. Well, she's also sort of... I think she's almost in that in that scene also implying that you know move on I'm, I'm trying to move on like as in not to say it's all good like I forgive you or anything but almost to say we can coexist like let's let's move on from this we, like we could be civil yeah at least at yeah. the very least you, you know, I'm more than happy for you to come to my coffee shop and I'll make your coffee and sell you a cake or whatever yeah and you know I might even buy a car from you one day yeah but just let's just be calm about things and he could easily make that happen i feel like that she would accept from him him being like 
I'm sorry, I, I was young, I was immature, you know, all of these reasons that doesn't excuse any of that behavior. Um, but I, you know, I shouldn't have acted that way. But you know, that was then this is now, um, I would like to, you know, you know, yeah, be be civil, we don't have to be best friends, but we can, you know, be cool with each other. And I feel like she would accept that, but he would never want that. Um, because why i don't really know maybe it's because it's him it would have to be him admitting that he's flawed i guess it's admitting defeat and it's the power struggle he doesn't hold the power anymore if he admits it and if he um falls like victim to it well not necessarily that's probably the wrong way of phrasing it but if he accepts the fact that she's moving on and they both need to move on and be civil and work things out. He loses all the power and control. Look how much of a nervous mess she was just going into the gym. You, you know, and the, the she basketball missed game. Lucas's first game because she didn't want to go because of him. That's how much control this man had, and he's losing that control every episode now, step by step. You know, he's losing it with Nathan a little bit. He's definitely losing it with Debs, or has lost it with Debs because she's so like powerful now. She just seems so ready for anything and she's quite happy to to shoot him down at the the first opportunity you know whether that be as a joke or to say no you're you're being ridiculous and i disagree with you i've invited i've invited karen and keith Mm. and lucas to this party and he's like why the hell have you done that why are you trying to ruin my life kind of thing and she's even like no move on i like them yeah she doesn't care she's just gonna do what what she thinks right what she think what she thinks is right and fair play to her. And he, he can't accept that. It's, it's a power place, isn't it? And he's losing his power. And he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to relinquish control. Mm-hmm. So he is going to fight back. But this is the first time I've seen him feel like he can't. Maybe to keep Debs on side. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you start grinning at me every now and then. There's a moment where you just start grinning at me and I'm never really sure why. <laughs> Most of the time it's because I'm just in... Sh- I've never had conversations about this, ever, <laughs> ever. Like, my wife has never watched it. Like, the person... She's the person I watch all of everything with, right? She's never watched it. So I've yeah. never been able to have a conversation with anyone. So I just sometimes am listening and just... Yeah, enjoying it. I'm enjoying the conversation, so it's nothing other than enjoying them. Okay, so what is your prediction going forward for Dan and and Deb as well? I think we've covered Deb in her entirety pretty much, right? Just one last thing about Deb when she rescues Karen from Sherry. Sherry, yeah. And she um, does she shoot down Sherry a little bit? I think at the at the end when Sherry's leaving, Sherry and her husband are saying, "Oh, the cakes were brilliant." She's like, "Well, you have to let me know what, what who the caterers were." And Deb says, "She's like there, it's Karen." She, yeah, <laughs> I can't remember she, what she said. No, she's like, "Oh yeah, well they're all from Karen's cafe." Yeah. And then she's like, "Oh." And then Sherry has to eat a bit of humble pie. Yeah, pun intended. So <laughs> yeah, she kind of. And, and that's kind of, and, and that's also in front of Dan. It's like double, double hit. Yeah, double whammy. Yeah. Okay, so what's your predictions for Dan and Deb? And what are your hopes for Dan and Deb? I've seen another ship. Okay. I've foreseen a ship. Yeah. Dan and Sherry. <laughs> oh, okay. Derry. 
Derry. That's where. That's the town in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the town in like all the Stephen King uh, books, isn't it? Okay. They really. Is that your prediction? She loves him. Okay. Yeah. She's like obsessed with him, but probably because she's a vain piece of shit. Called it as you see it. Well, I just can't. She just she just likes him because he's rich. She's just one of those people. She'll follow the popular money. Dan's house, Dan and Deb's house, is so nice. Mm. Like wow, mm. wow, mm. really nice, really nice brick on that house. <laughs> but with Dan's, um, with Tim's parents loving Dan so much, you can kind of see why Tim. Is obsessed by Nathan's friendship. Yeah, it's well written, isn't it? In yeah, that way, that it's, it's layered like from the beginning. That that is the emulating through the generations. Yeah, it's clever. You've got to, you've got to tip your hat to the writing. Like as in, we we've spoken all about just the adults at this point, and there is so much going on. Uh, I think it's really well written and intricate and layered. I think you would agree with me. Mm definitely it's on record okay so yeah so what are your okay so you think dan and sherry uh what about for deb then what's your prediction um the same as what i said for karen she's just gonna be they're they're gonna have a they must have like half an episode together or something like that or like a long scene like a shopping outing or something yeah sure well we're going away we're going to this spa girls weekend yeah something like that there, there's got to be something that brings them closer together for Devs, and this is what's going to drive Dan crazy and he's going to object and he's going to get angry and he's going to react and I don't know what's going to happen from there okay what I would like to happen is that you just left. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't because then there wouldn't be that tension. You need him. He's needed. He's His vital. Vi- he's vital. Yeah. He is the antagonist. Yeah. So okay. just, I'm quite happy for him to continue being what he is. Okay. <laughs> Last but not least of the adults, Whitey. What man. did you make of Whitey in this episode? He's great, wasn't he? I just he's... have... Go on. I have to say, he had my favourite line of the episode. I, I agree that Deb's uh, like zinger to Dan was really good, and I knew you'd like that. <laughs> um, but he had my favourite line because I wasn't... I, I finished it in my own head. Like, okay, so he started saying a line, and then I heard, I heard a different ending to the sentence in my head that made me laugh. Is it the cashew line? No. (laughs) He's at the bar, Whitey. He's only only in a couple scenes, but when he's at the bar, it's important, right? Actually, in both scenes, he's at a bar. True. Okay. (laughs) The inside bar. Yeah. And uh, he's he's talking... We'll talk about his conversation with other people. He says, says, really happy and smiling. (laughs) Goes, Karen Rowe, seeing you in my gymnasium really turns back the hands of time, right? He says it is all nice, smiling. When I heard him saying it, I thought he was going to say, "Karen Rowe, seeing you in my gymnasium 
Really turns me on. <laughs> like pure filth. The dirtiest old man you'll ever meet. <laughs> it's just the way he's like, so I'm, you really turn me on. I've got to stand up and coach a basketball game. <laughs> you know, that aside, obviously he didn't say that. But he has that those interactions. His interaction is eating uh, all of the cashews out of the out of the bowl. And uh, called in Dan, Danny boy again, and really sort of... He comments on Dan not mentioning the coaching staff on his yeah. speech. And Dan's like, oh, I'm sure I mentioned him. Like, well, if you did, I didn't hear it. And you run out cashews and gives him the pot and just fucks off. <laughs> it's just like... He's been sitting there just picking them <laughs> <out>. <laughs> I've eaten what I want. Go and fill it up, bitch. <laughs> and then he gets to the internal bar. and uh, And then he's with... He's talking to Keith. He, he said you wanted to comment on that, right? Oh, well, he just goes, hi, Keith. And he goes, Keith goes, hi, Whitey. And then he's got this, like, really weird... I think I would be like that. It's kind of, like, shy looking at my hero. <laughs> well, they were just drinking whiskey hi. together a few weeks ago in, in the <laughs> yeah. park, wasn't it? Watching but, some kids. But he, he was very just, yeah, hi, Whitey. It's kind of like... It's almost like you'd gone to an uh, episode of Cheers for a second, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> and, uh... He was quite flirty with Karen, wasn't he? So you, so you saw it also. I saw that too. Well played, man. He knows she's single. Oh god, <laughs> he ain't mucking around. Making a play. But he was also really. Um, he had a really nice line when he said, "Lucas is a great kid, and you've done a great job." Yeah, as much as we're joking about it, it was a really tender moment, and he touching. he made a point of because he he plays this bravado to the players doesn't he to like jake when we'll get to him later and you know of that, him being that's the like, only scene white he's in as well isn't it yeah he cuts jake some slack um but he he sort of has this bravado of being like the grumpy older old guy that you know like we've said before can kind of say like outdated references and terminology and things you know and he all a bunch of girls you know that sort of stuff but it's kind of like his charm and uh, it's sort of gruff and everything, uh, but then with Karen, he just kind of turned on the just a really sweet older guy, you yeah. know, and just sort of almost looking at her like he was really proud of her to see how she's grown up and how she's raised Lucas. So I thought it was really important and nice to see those uh, softer sort of tones and side of way. Love the guy. You do. I. We're gonna. You're gonna ask me in a minute what I think will happen and what I want to happen, and this one in the same in that I just want him to continue to abuse people in his own way and be hilarious, but then be caring and kind to someone who deserves it. Okay, so you love him in this show of in Dom's TV and movie atmosphere in your mind of like you know, different favourite characters. Has he got the potential, if he was to carry on, to get into being, you know, one of your favourite characters of all time, of anything, you know, in that realm of... You might have a favourite character in Band of Brothers, Saving Pirate Ryan, Star Trek, whatever. You have, like, in, you know, ten that you could have in a room that are, like, just your special friends and TV <laughs> characters. Is Whitey potentially going to be invited to that party one day? Is he on that trajectory? He makes it on the list. Already? I think so, yeah. You'd, you'd get him a bowl of cashews. I'd, I'd get him an endless supply. And he'd just like, be like, 
Dommy boy. Need some <laughs> keep, more cashews. Keep rolling in the cashews. <laughs> I would just keep providing cashews. I might send him some. What, the actor? Sure. <laughs> okay. If he's, you know... Is he still alive? Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. All right, good. He still goes to the... He, like, attends the conventions and stuff. Excellent. Oh, this is what I'm... We are going to build... Touch wood post-covid and all of this craziness that's happening in the world when we get towards the end of uh our run of this we have to go to wilmington like you know where you know at the school when they're like walking outside of the school and they're sat on the benches and whatever that's actually a library in real life so you can go and just walk where they are and sit where they all are and the bridge the river court all of that stuff right and then they do the conventions there, like for charity, when, and all the all the cars go, whatever. We have to go, and then you can meet him in real life. Excellent. And you can then you can give him a packet of cashews. I think I'm gonna have to. Like I'm willing to do the flight if you are. Sure. We could podcast live on the flight. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could we could like record it as we go, couldn't we? And then I could just be editing it the second part <laughs> of the flight, and then it's done. Have it. Have it. Have it. Well, what, how far it's is North, this Carolina? It's North Carolina, which is like, um, oh God, forgive me if I'm wrong, but it's like Florida is the East Coast. It's like in, like, you know, more West. So central. But, but not central. I think it's kind of like, it would count as like the Eastern side. So that's the closer side to us. So like a 10 hour flight? Probably less, probably like a eight or nine. Yeah, eight or nine hour flight. I'm willing to do that. That's just a day at work, isn't it? Right. But even more fun because we can just... That'd be hilarious. We'll just, yeah. We should. That would be quite funny. We could podcast on a flight. Let's do it. Like we could do a Mighty 90s. We could do a reference. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> do a Mighty 90s based on the films on the plane. Con Air. Just I've what, done that. Oh, we can't do that on a plane. Or snakes on the plane. Die Hard 2. Okay, we'll work this out. <laughs> just whatever film... Is oh, the film that's actually the... showing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> podcast in real time whatever we can select off the... no we'll work we'll work this out we'll work this out um <laughs> okay so anything else you want to say oh yeah so what what's your prediction for ye uh, i i think it'll just much carry on being same. what is yeah i haven't really got much more to say about yt okay loving so shall we go on to the even more drama of the young adults and where do we even start here can we start with jake let's start with jake firstly we know well let's not talk about the the twist uh let's talk about it chronologically and then get to that at the end and your thoughts on that so jake comes in late to practice um nathan and then lucas they all question why coaches is easy on him cuts out early from practice gets there late so on and so forth does he miss games because i'm assuming he wasn't in the last episode did he miss the away game uh maybe is that is that what they're getting at because he wasn't on the bus either that's true so does he miss away games because he because he can't go i i guess so i I hadn't i hadn't thought about that as soon as i saw the end of this episode that became my train of thought for him Okay, but what what did you when this? Okay, so we can say it. Obviously, he he has a baby. He's got a baby. We'll get to that. But what did you think the reason was? Because obviously, this is it's seeded early in the episode for you to think 
what is the reason? I mean, did you think it would be answered in this episode? And if so, what did you think it was going to be? Uh, I thought it would be answered in the episode, but I thought it would be a sick parent. He had caring responsibility for like a parent mm. or a grandparent that is going to die or something like that, or is like severely ill. And he holds all caring responsibility. Not uh, He got caring responsibility, but for a baby. I, I thought it would be the other end of the scale where he's kind of where he's kind of supporting someone as they're you know potentially coming to the end of their life or mm-hmm. oh, and he's mm-hmm. trying to take care of them or help them get better or something like that mm-hmm. i also thought that maybe he had a parent or two that had like a drink problem mm-hmm. or a drug problem and they would go down that road and he tries to stay out of that life as much as possible that's why he's so well read and Oh, he's like, he's trying to create a better life for himself. Yeah, he's got his own world because he's just always just shut himself in the room, reads his books, plays his music. It could have been like an abusive parent, so he just like stays out and yeah, is not getting into trouble because he doesn't want to give them an excuse to be even like, you know, worse to him. Yeah. But it was none of those things. It was none of that. Um, and so when, I mean, we'll go through anyway, but to jump ahead because we're talking about the twist, what... Did you make of the twist when you first saw it? Did you think, did you get that that was him singing? Uh, not until he came on screen. Um, and as soon as you see why, you kind of understand his comment to Brooke, saying that if I told you, mm-hmm. it would totally kill, kill your, your buzz. buzz. <laughs> and it parallels what the whole episode has been talking about hasn't it and and lucas and dan's interaction and Mm -hmm. dan's life he's gone and got someone pregnant and had a baby but now he's responsible intricate writing yeah (laughs) uh uh, but there's no suggestion or inkling to a mother Mm. because i even checked to see if he had a double bed oh so my second watch i thought i really need to check to see See if he has a double bed. Oh, that's interesting on your second watch. So yeah. when the second watch, you you know, you knowing what all of these reasons are. Yeah. It all lines up, right? Yeah. So I was thinking I need to watch out for the, when I get to the, that last scene and see if there's a double bed, if there's any pictures. If it, and I didn't notice anything else. He, he did have a fairly big bed. So I thought maybe he shares that with the mother, but he was there on his own. So, so many things go through your head it's it's even not his kid and he's looking after her um he thinks it's his kid and the mother has run away him and the mother are still together and she was just at work or something trying to bring in money for them um there's so many variables that the mother died it could be anything well, let me take this opportunity to tell you, because again, you can't Google so on and so forth, but Brian Greenberg is the name of the actor that plays Jake. He is actually, like, in his own right, a very successful recording artist um, and has, like, albums and, you know, goes on tours, like, actively to this day. is like, got, like, a big following from his music. I'm th- like, he's got, like... I think 300,000 like followers on Instagram or something like that. Wow. Um, so he's like, yeah. So it's, well, I tell you that now because, I mean, I guess you wouldn't have ever guessed that because there was no reason to, is there? Um, 
So I wonder, knowing that, did they always have this perceived, this storyline perceived for him, or some way to get some music, as, musical aspects in? Was he a big musician before he did One Tree Hill, or did did it kind of help? Boost? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. I, I'd imagine that it came after. Like I'm sure he probably was, you know, doing music and whatever. But I think probably I assume re- releasing music probably came after. Because he must have only been like 22, 23 or something in real life at this point. Yeah. But um, and but also I thought that you would like this because I know that you like his character and that giving anchors of storylines like this. I mean, they gave him the the cliffhanger, right? Means that you predict you would predict that he's going to get a lot more screen time. Otherwise, you wouldn't seed that in, right? You just leave him on the peripherals. What? It, te- it tends to be a theme in, from what I've seen in One Tree Hill so far, is that the less someone is in an episode, the more they're in the next one. But also, I've worked out from the credits at the beginning, the more they show of the recap of particular people, the more right. they're going to be in this episode. So right. as soon as I saw certain things being mentioned, like Haley, for example, in this, um, in this recap... On the previously on Wandry Hill, um, it was all about. I'm just tutoring Nathan. I'm just tutoring Nathan. No, we're just tutoring. It's nothing more than that. And I knew from that point that this is going to be admittance of liking Nathan. So I I can kind of predict what's going to happen in the episode from watching the recap Mm. because they'll only play key points to go. Remember this happened. Something's going to follow on from that. So, and that's, it's not a spoiler because I'm watching it then and there. And I, I could never predict anything that was going to come up until I see the recap. So obviously I predict what's, what I think is going to happen. It's when I get to the recap that I think this is going to happen or at least have a lot of mention. And I go from there. <laughs> so I tend to go, yeah, you got it right. <laughs> when I'm on my own watching it. And it's important that, you, as we've always said, that you always watch the opening credits, which I know you do. That I love the opening credits, particularly in these early seasons, because even though I didn't watch it in real time, but they feel kind of like 90s, almost like late 90s, even though I know this is, what, 2003. Um, but also, when I was watching it for the first time, I don't know, I don't know, it's like the colours, the sort of orange and what. I don't know. It just gives me good feelings. And I didn't want you to be deprived of these good feelings. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a good message in the song. And, but it, and it, Every it, week. It's a good message, isn't it? It's symmetrical to the point of the show as well, though, don't you think? Like, it perfectly goes with the, with the theme. Yeah. That's why it's perfect. It's like, it's, uh, I know the song wasn't written for the program, but it could have been. Yeah. It's kind of how it feels. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I say correct like it is a fact. <laughs> we've agreed, so it is a fact. <laughs> okay, so uh, what else about Jake then? Do we need to say much more? I, I like when in that interaction with Brooke and um, we'll have to get to Brooke. Oh, dear. But when she's saying, you know, oh, you'll do then, you know, Jake, you'll do, you know, I'll go with you then. And then he's like, no, no, no. And then he's like, what is it? You, Lucas? Oh, you guys are gay. You're gay together. I like the way he's just like, yeah, yeah. 
that's what it is. You know, I, I just like the way that it's his, like, you could almost imagine other characters in these kind of teen dramas in this kind of era anyway, being all, you know, like, have to be super macho and couldn't be, you know... This is the problem I have with the whole I Dare You scene, which we'll get to when we get to Brooke. Mm-hmm. Because Jake is the opposite of that. In yeah. a good way. Yeah. When he's like, yeah, I'm not really... Inter- yeah, I am gay. Uh, yeah, me and Lucas are gay. Yeah, it's just his... I his, don't care. He's so above all of it. But also, he wouldn't be... He wouldn't be insulted by, you know, someone thinking that he was gay anyway. Like, as in, it's... It's, it's not an it's issue. Not, it's not an issue because yeah. his... his he's like comfortable he knows secure. he isn't yeah and, <laughs> and and even if he was it's not insulting you know so it's just more like this uh it it just kind of showed brooke in a very poor light and just illuminated him to being in, in a really positive one when when she grabs his tie and it's like come on man and he's like no 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 I'll, I'll off yeah come on that's enough yeah and really takes control of a situation doesn't he but by being very calm do you know, I it's interesting again. I I've always thought, yeah, Jake, yeah, it's alright. But like this watch and talking to you about it, I really like him. Yeah. He's in my upper echelon of characters. Did I say it right? Echelon. Get it right, Dom. There's a G in there. Echelon. <laughs> <laughs> Lee. Your impression is very good. Thank you. It's like, I'm not very good at impressions. For our listeners, that's Chris Tucker in um, Rush Hour shouting to um, Jackie Chan. <laughs> um, Important context. In court. Um, yeah, so what? What will we say? Yeah, he's, he's in my upper class of characters in this watch i uh, i really like him i'm assuming you feel the same way yeah i really like him a fan of jake okay he's he's kind of the calm wise character he's like if he put on a bit of an attitude and was quite witty with it he'd be whitey but 40 years younger yeah, do you know what I mean? But because he's he's got that persona about him where he can calm anyone down, or at least advise them really well. Because even with Lucas in previous episodes, just take the high road. Just want to say to you, don't react to it because it's going to cause you more problems in the long run. And Luke um, doesn't listen to it, or at least doesn't fully take on that advice and gets pushed around and gets into fights, and you know the river court gets destroyed and stuff like that and it causes him more aggro um and jake is was r- right all along just don't rise to it they'll eventually leave you alone and nathan even comments to tim doesn't he say it down yeah tim says well what have you got in store for him today kind of thing and he's like no i'm not gonna do that anymore it's played out but for his own agenda yeah we'll get to nathan we will Okay, so anything else to say on Jake? Where do you think he's going to go? There's a massive cliffhanger. I think he's going to tell Lucas about the baby. Okay. Why do you say that? Because everyone's questioning why he's always late. And Lucas questions it, and he doesn't tell him. He doesn't give him a hard time about it either, though. No, he just sort of pats him on the back and leaves it there. And I think he, he might go, 
he's a good enough friend he, he'll understand and it's someone I could potentially talk about this sort of thing with um, I also think there's also there also needs to be more around it so someone needs to overhear someone like Brooke needs to overhear that conversation and then spreads it as something else oh dumb how the tables have turned you are a big Brooke fan <laughs> The funny thing is, is I knew it was coming. Oh. I knew it was coming. <laughs> and I knew, oh, yeah, she's such good. She's the conscience of the show. She's like the narrator <laughs> of the show. She's so good with the show. She's really good. I love the way she would speak and everyone know about the show. She's so good with the show. She's so good with the show. And she speak on a bit of the show. <laughs> Narrating the show. And I was thinking, yeah. Wait to episode seven, bitch. <laughs> because she's a bitch. Ooh. Let's let's move on to Brooke then. All right, are you so you're done with Jake? I'm done yeah, with Jake. Yeah, Jake, done with Jake. We'll, I think we'll find out more about the baby. There be some sort of explanation to Lucas as to why he's always late. Mm-hmm. It confirms to me that Whitey knows everything. Is all is the all all the information is given to Whitey. Yeah. So Whitey could reveal absolutely everything about everyone in One Tree Hill. But he doesn't. And I like the way that Whitey knows, but he still gives Jake like a bit of like shit about it so that he can still fit in with the guys. Yeah. You know, although they've noticed, he's sort of like, you know, in one of the other episodes, like, Jagelski, once you find the skirt to match your pumps or whatever, whatever, it's kind of, which but, I guess is seeded in from a few episodes ago. I suppose it could be a reference to him being a single dad. Right. Slash mum. Right. <laughs> but it's kind of like he's, he's giving him a tough time pretending. He's sort of giving him the front of a tough time so that he can blend in with the team. You so, know, he's doing it out of kindness. Yeah, so the others don't haze him for being the favourite because he can just turn up when he wants and yeah. stuff like that. Which again gives more layers to Whitey. Yeah, absolutely. Whitey knows absolutely everything that's going on in everyone's life, but plays it so well. He controls. He, he doesn't necessarily control, but he. He he just knows everything, doesn't he? He he could just turn around at any point and say that, but he's such a stand-up guy that he'll help people. Love him. Okay. Right. I need to get back onto the whole you abusing me about Brooke thing. Okay, okay. Because that's just harsh, man. <laughs> I don't know, do I? I well, don't know. But that's it's also not to say that people don't redeem themselves, do they? Sometimes people fall off and make mistakes and then they come back and learn from the mistakes and move forward. We have the whole point of our High Flyers Club is looking at it from both perspectives, you know, like even people that are you know, bullies and horrible people one day can progress and change, you know, down the line. So it's not to say that she is condemned forever as a character. I just knew that it would be funny that you weren't expecting it. I think you thought she was being set up as one thing and then this took a real left turn. But I mean, well, you tell me, what what was your... How did you feel seeing this happen and when was your first inclination that this was going down? even from in school, when she was whispering to Nathan. and Tell me. <laughs> um, I, I, I said that she'd be the conscience of the show and she's kind of all-seeing. Um, and she tries, in this one, she really tries to be all-controlling. 
manipulating, and puppeteering. She's a real manipulative bitch. Yeah. That would be my like summary and assessment of her. Yeah. She's a manipulative bitch and she's vindictive and she's horrible. I really didn't like her in this episode. I thought she was a disgrace. Uh, <laughs> cheerleader, bitch leader. Wow. Right there. Wow. She really, really took me from being a Brooke fan to thinking I'm not a fan at all. She's basically took on like the Nathan role from previous episodes and Nathan was kind of almost pitched in this episode as, oh, it's all right, really. Yeah. Like he, he kind of, it felt like he continued in the chronology from the last episode. He seems like the only one really, maybe him and Lucas a little bit, that like, he d- he's not about hazing Lucas anymore. He's a bit over it. Um, and, just, you know, and the same, and they kind of, not to say that they get along, but if you think about the last party that they were at, which was at Dan's beach house, it was completely different. You know, it was half brother beefs. But now it's kind of like they can be at the same party and they're they're, they're not really issuing with each other. Uh, and Brooke in the classroom is she's got a plan. She knows what she wants to do. She needs to push them together so that she can get Lucas, or at least make Lucas jealous. So that Lucas is stupid enough to get with her. But and this is it's seeded even before that. I think right at the beginning she's walking into school or around school with Peyton and then they're having a conversation. She's saying, Okay, your hold on Lucas over the weekend is off. So which one is it gonna be? Because she's almost like saying, Well, whichever one you don't have, I'm gonna have the other one. Yeah. Like she's like a predator, like it's kind of like not that bothered. By which one it's by who it's going to be, and that's where it's sad because Peyton is developing a emotional relationship with Lucas, like it's seeding like that, and, and you know I've had my I've had my beefs with Peyton in the past already, but in this episode I was I felt for her because she was being manipulated clearly by Brooke. Yeah. Uh, the good thing about Nathan and Peyton is that they both see it yeah. and they see it early on and Peyton shares that with Lucas and and so Lucas has lipstick on his cheek from Brooke Yeah. and Peyton's like oh well, you've been caught out by her as well uh, she's been sort of like trying to keep us separate it's all bullshit and when Nathan and Peyton go off and have their conversation they say Brooke's been saying this is it bullshit because it's bullshit from my perspective. Is it bullshit from yours? And they're like, yeah. And they confirm that she's being a dick. But Nathan kind of feels like, looks like he's kind of, he's he's potentially into a reconciliation with Peyton. And then he looks a bit like, because I think he, I think he would like, he would have got back with Peyton, I think. I, um, I think he would have done it for the basketball team cheerleader thing. The, the ease. And that it, it's just yeah. like, we've, we're familiar with each other. Um, and I can carry on being how I was potentially with you, but he might want to be different. But I think he was also, he he backed down very quickly when she said, we're, we're kind of done, aren't we? You know, it's it's Brooke being a manipulative. And, but, and, she, and in that moment, she wasn't being like mean to him and he wasn't being mean to her. It was kind of a nice, honest like, conversation. They were kind of like, okay, you know, it's not like there's any drama there. Like they could probably 
potentially be friends you know yeah. like in you know once the dust is settled so i thought that was nice from them and good character development she says to she offers she basically says to lucas how about you come to my house after this for an after party and he's like oh you know blah, blah, blah. and she's like well i've got a jacuzzi and he's like oh yeah you know i'm good there's a jacuzzi with a naked me in it and then he says something like what does he say i've got to meet up with someone else or something and he she basically says oh normally i'd suggest a threesome it's like jesus bro right like as in there's what there's throwing yourself at someone and then there's what she was doing this entire episode yeah it's like it's, it's a bit like sycophantic wasn't it it's kind of sad to see to see someone like because where are we saying that that's coming from if we were to look at it, it daddy on like issues a level, it's like inse- <laughs> it's coming from insecurities somewhere right that like she is wanting validation i mean you could also put an argument forward that she wants to have sex and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that like as in you know a lot of it's very common that men would act in this way and wouldn't be villainized for it you know and then women do it and it's like painted with a different brush or whatever um and and i'm not trying to say it like that either way i think it's you know not a good look you know regardless of gender it's not a good look on anyone is it's it? not a good look on anyone no but, but it's, it's kind desperation. of it's sad to see the desperation is sad you can't i, I feel sorry for her mm. It's almost like you want to be like, you don't have to be this way, you know? Do you like, know what I think it is? Yeah. What? I think I think she's a virgin. Really? Yeah. This is what you think. I kind of got this theory. Uh, from your like face, I kind of immediately think I'm wrong. I may be stupid for saying it, but there's a line where um, Peyton says, oh, Brooke, just give it up. And she says, I'm trying. Right. And to me, that says I'm trying to give up my virginity or give it, you know, that I can't. I don't know. Maybe I'm completely off the mark. But there's all these references to how much sex she's had and how much she's done and so that. And the the more people boast and gloat about doing something, the the more it's bollocks and they've never done it before. Mm. And, and I'm more of the opinion now that she's never done anything and is trying to have her first time. Interesting. Hey, I, I, I don't I know. Say, Again, I don't know, but that's that's my that's my little theory at the moment. Okay, well, just, just mainly from that line. As soon as that line was said, I thought, ah, oh, okay, maybe she's maybe maybe it's because she just wants to. She's never never had sex before, and that this is her way of trying it on is by pretending that she's really experienced, has done it lots of times, maybe to make others feel more comfortable make, make the men she's preying on feel more comfortable with her mm. and able to do whatever and she can get away with maybe not being as good at it as she thinks she is because she's never done it before and they, mm. they're not going to know that because they've not done it before I don't, I don't know I, don't, I might be talking shit now. well you might be bang on the money or you may be off the mark we'll find out I say nothing don't don't squirm though with it you, <laughs> you're not supposed to know like as in there's no judgments here if you get it right or wrong you know it's just it's great perspective to to have so it was just that one line really made me think it was Peyton saying oh Brooke just give it up she's like I'm trying 
and and she was really trying and like on with everyone. The only one she doesn't try it on with is Tim. Tim would be the obvious easy choice because she'd probably go, Tim, I want to bang, and he'd be like, Yeah, sure, let's go now. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's also he's the point guard of the basketball team, like as in. And as we know from a couple of episodes ago, he's ripped. Yes. His geezer is ripped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more I... than more than CMM. Sorry. Just saying. Yeah, but see, yeah, but Chad is more lean. <laughs> it's a natural gift. Tim's, in, <laughs> Tim's in the in the gym every night. Chad's just jamming, watching the Bills on TV. He's good. The ladies at the It Takes Three Network questioned us on this. And I think we maybe read a little bit too much into it. So let's move on quickly. What they, you mean, they're saying we talk too much about Chad. About male nudity in general. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm Jake. I'm comfortable. I'm fine. <laughs> it's all good. Um, okay. So another big device that happens with Brooke, unfortunately, is she... Publicly humiliates Haley. Yes. For the shit, the note in the tin. For the note in the tin. So I mean, let's try not to talk about the note too much because we can talk about that when we get to to Nathan and Haley. But hey, tutor girl. Yeah. What a dick move. She, I like, and she's taken anger out, in my opinion, on Haley because she hasn't. Um, got what she wanted with from lucas from nathan she didn't get peyton and nathan together she's like failed at all of these things frustrated i doesn't i think i don't care that she's drunk that has nothing to do with it she made an active decision to prey on someone when she knew that Haley would have been vulnerable in that situation because these aren't her like immediate friends besides lucas who wasn't there and just really belittled her, embarrassed her. I mean, look, look what happened to Haley. She had she went off and was crying the rest of the night. Yeah, I really of all of the things that happened in the episode, that was the one that angered me the most. And I think if Lucas had been there, he wouldn't even speak to Brooke again. I don't think. Yeah. What, yeah. What did you think of that moment? Horrible moment, and. Um, in a similar vein to, um, you know, you know when we were talking about uh, Peyton owing Brooke an apology, yeah, and she doesn't ever give her the apology except for when Brooke turns up and waves the little white hanky, and it's like, okay, I'm sorry. I I actually think now that Brooke is the sort of person that is that manipulative and would have done something like this before, so Peyton can have a go at her and feel like she never needs to apologise because she's that much of a manipulative bitch. So she doesn't actually ever deserve an apology from anyone because she is the problem. Mm. And her, like Peyton's outburst was, was based on emotions from her mother's death and it's kind of justified. And she didn't want to apologise because she doesn't feel like she has to or needs to to Brooke, who is just a constant you know, manipulator. Mm. Um, and the way she treats... Haley is actually just as much a dig at Nathan, I mm. think, and, and getting back at Peyton, I think, in her own, like, frustrated way, because Peyton hasn't, you know, 
the plan with Peyton and Nathan hasn't come off for her, exactly like you said. And it's sent her into a spiral of anger and not knowing what to do. And, okay, I'm just going to pick any other guy in a minute, but I'm going to I'm gonna make fun of this girl first. Make her feel like crap. Make him feel like crap. Um, that will drive a wedge between them and might bring Peyton and Nathan together. But also, it just makes everyone's life a little bit more difficult if I'm going to be that bitch. Mm-hmm. But it was yeah, it was a horrible moment. And then going to the scene with the the dares, yeah, she dares on the Teresa like outdoor basketball. Is it Teresa? Teresa, yeah. Teresa's back. Teresa is back. Second episode. I told you, didn't I? In that this was like the one slight spoiler I gave you is that they use her in these kind of ways. Yeah, so they they use Teresa in that way, um, and true to form, there she was to go and pinch Whitey on the butt. Lucky Whitey. But <laughs> well, how do you think Whitey reacted to that? I don't know. I think he'll enjoy it. He'll get some sort of weird buzz out of it and make some sarky comment. Let's just like, hope the cashews not, weren't repeating at that exactly. Your grandfather. <laughs> but so, I appreciate the sentiment. And <laughs> get me some more cashews. Yeah, where's my cashews? Damn, Danny boy. Danny boy. Um, yeah, so the dare moments. This was my comment earlier with Jake's reaction to Brooke and the, yeah, I am gay. I mean, Lucas are gay. I've got no issue with that. Why have you? Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know what to do. And she says to Peyton, um, like, it's kind of like, I dare you to tell us how you really feel. You need to kiss Lucas. Yeah. If I was Peyton, I'd just been like, fuck off. Yeah. Just fuck off. I thought that. I don't need to do anything you tell me to do, you silly bitch. I've well, said bitch a lot. I'm really sorry. That's, yeah, but she is one in this episode. I, I thought that in that moment that it is completely unnecessary. Just uh, just say, no, I'm okay. Thank you. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, or um, I'll tell him. I'll tell him how I feel. I'm not going to tell you lot. Yeah. You don't need to know. Come yeah. on, Lucas. Let's go. Yeah, that's, that's all it, it needed to be. But of course, it is high school. There is drama. You got to. That was a harsh moment because, again, I really felt for Nathan in that moment. He kind of like looks at it to, and then has to like look away because, whatever, whatever the weather, he still has some feelings for Peyton. It was rough. I mm. felt for him the first time really that we've. Well, we felt for him a few times when he got like. Fouled by Dan in the father-son basketball game. A couple other moments, but yeah, I really felt for him in that moment. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. He he's had a tough episode. This episode, we'll get to him. But. We'll get to him. Is, is there anything else we need to say on Brooke? Oh, well, she at the end, she's just found like unconscious on a like a floor of Nathan's house somewhere. I assumed it was Nathan's room. Right. Yeah, I thought it was his bedroom. Yeah. Because he's like gone to bed and she's there. So in my, in my head, he's gonna whack her in the bed and bug her off somewhere else. Yeah, in the other one of the other twenty rooms. Yeah, but there'll be the, this will I, this will spark rumors. So the, in, okay. this will be Brooke saying, "I spent the night in Nathan's." In Nathan's bed. Hey, tutor girl, I spent the night in Nathan's bed. Yeah, I spent the night with Nathan. In his bed. In his bed. <laughs> but she can. I'm saying that she could say, "I spent the night in Nathan's bed." And if Nathan had put her in the bed and slept somewhere else, it's not a lie, you know. Yeah. 
Okay. Is there anything else you want to say about Brooke before you get on to Brooke's prediction? Uh, no. Where, where do you think she's going to go from here? I'm really upset by this episode. Uh, do you think her... she's going to become the antagonist of the of the young adults? I think she's heading that way, yeah, unfortunately. She's certainly a provoker and a manipulator. I prefer to call them young adults to teenagers. I've decided, as we've we've said, I've been calling them the kids the whole time, or the youngsters. Well, as, <laughs> I think, as we've said in previous episodes, even though they're in high school, I don't see them as high school kids. I see them as young adults. I see them as like in their early twenties, even though I know they're not. But because some of this is high school drama, but some of this is stuff that would have wouldn't happen to teenagers. The Peyton Lucas thing, which we'll get to. Yeah, it made me think that earlier. There's a few things. It's like, oh, these, these are people in their early twenties. Yeah, this is like at the end, post college, so sort of going into adulthood kind of stuff. But um, but yeah, okay. So yeah, where do you think she she will go? It's going to be difficult for her to recover from this with with this group. Peyton, she's burnt bridge there. Lucas, Nathan. Yeah, definitely. All of that. Haley doesn't like Hayley. her anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, she's definitely made life difficult for herself. But I think there'll be rumours off the back of it of her spending the night with Nathan. Okay. Because of the situation she's got herself in. Okay. Um, and she's hammered. No one else is... None of the other, you know, young adults are drunk or anything like that. She's um, She's the only one. And we forgot to touch on that she managed to get herself served at the bar in the house by asking for a screaming orgasm and bar, the bar... Tender. Tender, yeah. Liked it. Liked it and maybe like saw a younger version of herself or could identify. I actually thought it was a bit flirty. Okay. I thought it was a bit of a flirty moment. And so this, <laughs> this bartender will just flirt with anyone, Dan, Brooke... Um, or what, but not then, Tim. But not Tim, because <laughs> Tim, his two options are soda or juice. And Keith Scott works where in a body shop. But what do they also do? Towing. That's right. <laughs> so where do you want to go next? We basically got two two sections. We can kind of cover Nathan and Haley as one, and we can kind of cover Lucas and Peyton as one. Let's do Haley and Nathan. Okay. As one. Yep. And then we'll move on to the other two at the end, yeah? Okay, sounds good. If you're happy with that. I sure am. So Nathan <laughs> and Haley are studying in like the library. Nayley. Nayley. And uh, Haley is prepping Nathan for like a test. History test. History test. And... Uh, Why do we even need to learn history? Because so we're not doomed to repeat it. Boom. <laughs> She's good point actually. Yeah, I like that. She's good. They, they he have, goes what? <laughs> they have good chemistry, and it's hard to know whether it's really good acting, which I think it probably is from both of them. But you can tell he really likes her, and that it is different between then like him and Peyton. Like I think he likes, he just likes her as a person and her energy. Well, this is the first episode where I've gone. Actually, he's not playing a game now. He looked genuinely heartbroken throughout the episode, at all, at all points. 
apart from then when she turned up at the party. He was, he and then was, he was like, like, oh. Surprised, wasn't he? And she was like, oh, no, no I'm not crashing. I'm, I, you know, I had to bring some cakes. I'm, I'm just going to go. And he's like, no, no, stay. I, I want you to be here. Because he had that moment of saying, I would invite you, but it's a basketball thing. And the, you know, blow smoke up Dan's ass parade sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Jimboree. And she was like, no, no, it's cool. I, I don't want to be kissing your dad's ass anyway or whatever, or Dan's ass. So... Uh, let's leave it there. I'll catch you later. Um, but if you need anything, just just let me know. And she gives him the the tin with all the supplies. This is everything you're going to need for your tests. And mm. inside, there's just a lovely little note, isn't there? It said something like, "What did it say?" It said something along the lines of what she'd already said. That there was a there was a line, wasn't there? I can't remember what it was. It was like a quote of encouragement, but then it said. If you need, let, if you need anything, underline contact me or you know, call, call me, call me or call whatever. Me. And you know, had rubbers in and rubbers. You can't in. say rubbers. <laughs> please keep that in. Please, please. <laughs> if you need anything, call me. And she left rubbers in there. <laughs> okay. okay. Okay, for context. So I for context. I screw up all the time when you leave it in. You have okay. to leave this in. <laughs> for context, here in the UK, a rubber is what we call an eraser. <laughs> a pencil eraser is a rubber. It's a rubber. Yeah, it is a rubber. <laughs> God. <laughs> Couple rubbers, <laughs> you know. But she, but she put in pencils and erasers and nice. all of this stuff, and it's very, it's really sweet, and you can tell that she is like falling for him, and in fact, she makes a point of going to Lucas while he's getting ready for the party to admit that she is feeling that way, and she says, "You can't help who you fall for. It's like you and." you and he's like i don't like him <laughs> but she's like no you and peyton that all oh, right yeah, like, <laughs> i don't like it yeah. that, is, that was a good moment i like that because he it wasn't like he was joking he was being genuine he was like that's a terrible comparison i, I don't like him so. oh that was it was a good moment i, I laughed at that, that i've good. always liked that and you see so now we're this is, is this the first time you've seen Lucas's bedroom? No, you've seen it once when he came back from the swampy puddle and yeah. But I think this well, is, he's been in that when he tried on the Raven shirt when he first got it. He was in there as well. That's right. That's right. Uh, I think this is one of the first times you actually get to see that he has his own door. He's got an out, outward a door to the outside. Yeah. Yeah, to his bedroom. That's not the front door to the house. Yeah. I think that's dope. Like for a young adult yeah. <laughs> to, have your, to have your own access um, that's cool mm. yeah fair play <laughs> sneaking in Brooke fuck you Nathan you've got a beach house he's got his own door bitch <laughs> got a door you've got stairs to climb <laughs> so um, a, a really nice moment for her just being honest and she'd hidden the truth before about tutoring him. Yeah. Karen discovers the truth and she apologises to Karen and Karen's like over it straight away. And it, it was a good moment because it was before they went to the party. Sorry, before they went to the house. Um, and she says, I need to tell you something. It's really important. And she's just got to get it out because otherwise it will, one, it will eat 
her up inside and she'll feel worse for it and will potentially avoid contact with Lucas who um, I think she you know deep down has loved for a very long time God, there's some moments later that we need to talk about with that. Isn't yeah, there? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was like, "Oh my god, it's happening!" And it didn't happen. But I was so excited. I was like, they're head touching and everything, and they're always oh, this is gonna happen. This is it. This is it. <laughs> this is love from when they were eight. This is ten years of tension, <laughs> and it's happening. And it didn't happen. I was so upset. Right, I was. Touch. I was thinking about you. And thinking about what would you be thinking of, of these points, etc. And then I thought, okay, but they're just friends. They're just friends. They're just friends. So then I was thinking, if you was crying, I would, I would hug you for sure. Then I was thinking, but I don't think I would lean my forehead on your forehead. <laughs> and it's her. She moves to him. Back to Haley and Nathan. So... Haley, yeah, does the thing. Publicly shamed by Brooke. Publicly shamed by Brooke. She has nice moments with Karen and, and Debs when she comes in, brings the cake, and then Debs is like, that's how it gets unveiled, isn't it? That Haley has been tutoring Nathan is by saying, oh, Nathan has a tutor called Haley. Oh, it must be a small world. Um, and But Debs likes her. And then I thought, that's nice. You know? Yeah. Uh, but Haley is the ultimate likable character, isn't she? It to anybody, yeah. Like she's so charismatic and nice, and even uh, with the interaction with Peyton in the car, and Peyton nearly runs her over. Oh yeah, um, and nearly reverses on top of her, and she jokes about Peyton being a terrible driver, and Peyton yeah. says, "I don't really know where to go with this, or how to carry on with this," and she's like, "Well, you you know, put it into gear and you apply a bit of gas." And she's like, "No, no, no." You know, she knows exactly what she means, but she will always play the comedy card or the the, the, the deflect the point away. My mother just usually likes on. it when I get home alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's she's really charismatic. She she's low key one of the best characters, in my opinion. In these in these from what we've seen in these seven episodes, I'm being when I give my opinion here, I'm being very conscious. Do not think of it as an overall show. I'm trying to think of it as your perspective of seven episodes. So if I say things like that, don't think of it as me foreshadowing that that means that this person or whoever was goes on about, forever. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. thinking of it in the context of these episodes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, she has a harsh moment with um, the warning. So many warnings about. Uh, Nathan and be oh, yeah. careful just be, be careful. careful just be careful and she's like I wish people would just stop telling me to be careful and then we have the moment with Brooke who has unfortunately uncovered the note in Dan's uh, in Nathan's tin and says oh yeah it's that note you were showing us all in class so do she because he wasn't a, such a scumbag thing to do but she is she obviously mistrusts him because of what everyone else has said and her knowledge of him so far. Yeah. That is the kind of thing he could do. But he didn't. But he didn't. And she's not believing him. This is when we need to sort of swoop into Nathan because Nathan has spent the whole episode kind of becoming the the broody one. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. He's normally quite lively and, you know, sticks his oar in and is a bit of a cocky twat 
<laughs> but in Facts. this episode, he was just quiet and broody. And subdued. Yeah, and I felt really sorry for him. I thought, oh, I really hope, you know, it kind of... When Haley turned up at the party, I thought, well, that's, a, that's a light moment. It's a nice moment. Maybe they can go away together and they can talk a bit more because he's not seen the, inside the tin yet. Right. Whereas he, we have. He, we had, hadn't. he hadn't even seen it but, yet. Yeah, no, I, to my thoughts on it is that he hadn't even opened it. Because yeah. I think he tries to explain that when he goes to the door at the end. Right. Because yeah. Haley, I, I hadn't even seen it. Come on, it's not, it's not true. Uh, I, I don't think it would have been tucked under the pencils or whatever like that if he'd taken it out yeah good eye good, <laughs> good eye dom yes um so he's he's not looked inside he's not read the note because he kind of just packed it kind of said you can't come to the party but i really like you to and then she's there and it's like oh he's lit up a little bit and they could get away and then only stopped by hey tutor girl and it's like my name's Haley. there's a really horrible moment and it comes out, but he doesn't defend himself enough at the time, and it might become the old "he doth protest too much" moment, where the more he says that didn't happen, that didn't happen, the more she's going to believe it that it did happen. Yeah, right. So she has to have that "stay away from me," and she runs away, and she's really sad, and it's it's a sad moment because you don't want a character that is that nice to be like punished in that way, which is what it feels like. And I actually don't think Nathan deserves it. No. That's just Brooke being horrible and trying to get her way with one of the Scott brothers. Mm. And, you know, just being nasty. But Haley believes it because it, it is believable of his, you know, character and his past actions that he would do something like that. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, pretty much witnessed it firsthand and seen the effect it has on Lucas. And it's mm. now had an effect on her. And her reaction saying, I deserve the biggest I told you so ever. And actually, she doesn't. It, it, it's not that that's happened. It's just her perception because that's what he's always been like. And I think he's genuinely trying to change. And try, And exactly what she says, she opens up to him. Because, no, the other way around. He opens up to her, sorry. Because she isn't in that world of basketball and cheerleading mm-hmm. and you know remember he had a comment to Peyton saying let's just let's quit the teams and leave mm-hmm. and just drop it all and she's like really excited but Haley is already there so he can get away from it all it's escapism and he likes it and he likes that he can offload things to her and she listens and that she will say things back but doesn't give away too much and it's it's nice but now that's kind of gone well I say gone because that's not what my prediction is for it for their future mm-hmm. um, but at the moment it's very tense and it's going to be hard for him to one it will be hard for him to get her to believe him two it will be hard for him to forgive that she didn't mm. <laughs> yeah that's good I still think they're going to end up together and there's going to be an episode, potentially the next episode, where Nathan is going to put all his energy in to explaining. He might even get Brooke to admit that it was bollocks. He might even like drag Brooke to her and say, tell her that it didn't fucking happen. Maybe not in those words, but hopefully he's dragging her by the hair. Fuck. 
<laughs> no, not really. <laughs> but like saying, look, you need to tell her because she won't shoot at me now and I'm dumb as fuck and I need help. Right. <laughs> but I think Haley's the sort of person that probably would still cheat her in, but would shut down. But I don't know. She says stay the hell away from me. So it's going to be difficult for him to claw back in. But I think by the next episode, or the one after that, they'll be together. Okay. And then, should this be an appropriate time to talk about the Lucas and Haley moment? Because we we didn't really get to it. So did you think that they were going to kiss? Is this what you was uh, alluding to? Yes. I thought there would be more romantic involvement between those two at that specific moment. Because even when... uh, We need to talk about uh, Peyton and Lucas, obviously, but even when they're about to kiss outside, like underneath the tree, who comes up and interrupts it? Oh, Hayley. Hayley? Yeah, she appears. Yeah, I mean, it's not intentional but I thought that you might read into that oh hey as well Uh, but she's awkward because they're having a a tender moment and it would be their um, like official first kiss wouldn't it Mm -hmm. was the first one was just like a horrible dare that they stupidly played up to Um, but the next one will be this one was meant to be the first proper kiss and we can say this is where we had our first kiss and there was the rope swing and blah 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 in a lovely tree outside a massive house in my biological father's house yeah and with my brother's ex-girlfriend creepy but so but did you when they're at the end and she's crying emotion he's there for her on the is this piece of floor taken comes down closeness did you think it was gonna happen definitely 100 like, percent. this you, is it would you bet money on it that this was you would get about to see a kid. This is Karen and Keith years ago. But what? So what? What do you think their ship would be called? Haley and Lucas. Yeah. Lady. Lady. That's what they called it. I oh, think. is it? Yeah. Nice. Lady. Lady. So wait. So you thought it was going to happen? Yeah, I, I thought. Oh, oh my god, this is it. But did you want it to happen? Um, I think so. Who are you shipping for harder, Laylee or Leighton? Who would you rather? Would you rather would, Lucas would, and Haley or rather, Lucas and Peyton? I would rather Laylee. Yeah. So Lucas and Haley. So no, therefore you get no Naley. But I would actually prefer Naley. You'd prefer Naley to Laylee to forget Leighton. Yeah. But do you not? So I'm so confused. There could be a whole. So you're saying that the the potentially uh, the, 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 dynamic... next, the next point of tension between Lucas and Nathan could be Haley could be Haley yeah of who romantically is linked to her more. Uh, I'm saying that would be great, but you would rather Nathan win that battle. Yeah, at the moment, yeah. Because why? Because I think that's a terrible way of saying. <laughs> that I just think because Lu- why? I think Lucas has had all this opportunity, and I don't think she's ever really hidden her feelings for him I think it's both clear that they like each other and that she has always liked him and had a very strong emotional connection and bond they've never acted upon it because they've always been such close friends whereas Nathan is now getting to a point where he's almost growing up and developing more of an emotional connection to someone rather than it just being a status symbol 
and an opportunity for him to look good because he has a cheerleader on his arm. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity for him to look good because he, academically he's doing better. He feels more comfortable because he can talk about his emotions and his feelings with her, understand her emotions and feelings, and he ha- will have a, probably a better understanding of um, her life and what she goes through, but also his own life and what he doesn't what doesn't want to do. She's the kind of girl that will go, if you don't want to play basketball, don't play basketball. If you don't want to do that, don't do that. Just... Be the man that you want to be. You could say that <laughs> she could enable him to be the sort of person he wants to be lately. <laughs> yes. Right, okay. Wow. Okay, so let's so let's move on to have we said everything we need to say about Nathan? Uh I think so. I he, think he spent he, most of it pretty upset about everything he had really good reactions to things that happened like the, the kiss that happened in front of him between Peyton and Lucas uh, his reaction to Haley when she turns up and he's like Haley, what, like, what are you doing here it's, it's surprised but it's happy surprised he's a good actor yeah I actually didn't like his reaction when Brooke fucked things up because Brooke Which turns way, around and ruins me. everything with him and Haley. oh yeah and he's just like oh, make, make a bigger deal of it go after her straight away yeah. But maybe it was a, a nicer touch doing it when she's at the cafe well, and they can be alone together. He sort of comes and it's like, it is, it was uh, like that moment in Friends. You remember when like Ross comes to Central Perk in like the rain and she, she won't let the door. In. Oh, she does open the eventually, door eventually. Yeah. She doesn't at the beginning. Does she turn the closed sign and then he keeps, yeah, and then she opens the door. It's kind of, it reminds me of that scene. Yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. Okay, so finally... Uh, but wait, before we get to Lucas and Peyton, no River Court crew. Yeah, again. Just had to, had to mention that because I know that you, you're a fan of but those guys. No basketball. No basketball. So. That might affect his rating. He like he needs a bit of basketball for a high rating. <laughs> okay, so last but not least, Leighton, Lucas and Peyton. Begin at the beginning, I guess. Can they not be called Pucas? <laughs> If that's how you feel about them, <laughs> they can be called that if you want. But uh, right at the beginning, Peyton sits with Lucas. Lucas is reading a book. What's he reading, Dom? The Great Gatsby. Which you've already referenced. Excellent. And she says, so, oh, I read a book recently. She didn't. Um, <laughs> about a girl that likes a guy and a guy that likes a girl. And they kind of have this broody tension and so on and so forth. If you want to find out how it, you know, crescendos come to this party tonight, and she sort of talks him into it, um, and Karen sort of talks Keith into it, and it's kind of like this whole thing, you know, and then suddenly he's like, I need a new suit. I need a... And then she's like, we'll go to Giovanni's in the morning, and first thing, or whatever she says. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what, what did you think of all of this? She's... She is being proactive with her feelings in approaching Lucas. I mean, this is kind of different for her, isn't it? And she's not being so broody herself and defensive. What did you make of all of this? Lucas wants to impress her. You know, he he feels like, okay, now's the time where I can impress her because she's kind of cut her ties with Nathan. And this is my time to step in. And she's making it very clear to me now that um, she likes me. 
she's she's made that plain like plainly obvious with the whole I read a story, I read a book, and it was about this, that, and the other. Um, and then and then the whole oh, where where does the end of the story go? You know, we'll, we'll get to that bit in a minute. But he wants to make a good impression. He feels like he needs to smarten up. But that might be because her ex-boyfriend is a rich kid and he might feel that little bit of pressure that he has to appear more presentable to her because that's potentially what she's used to, but that's not what she's interested in. She, I don't think she has that vanity circle or element to her. Lucas... Yeah, he's trying to impress he's, he's trying to impress and he's not fussed about anyone else he doesn't want to give away to Karen that the reason he wants to go is because of a girl but Karen immediately knows well Keith says oh yeah she says it's a girl yeah. Keith says what else yeah so they know it's teenagers being teenagers or young adults yeah that um, <laughs> that are going through a lot of hormonal changes yep in their life yep and um, so they're going to go along with it and great, you know, why not? Let's let him feel more comfortable and fit in a lot more. And he clearly likes her a lot because he would probably do anything for her, mm-hmm. which is great. Lovely. And then we've spoken about like his interactions with Haley about Haley's sort of confession of her feelings for Nathan, them getting to the party and Keith and Karen and Kaka. <laughs> and them going through it wasn't as good as your caca go on throw one in <laughs> caca um, and so then I guess we've got them at the party we've had the kiss spoken about that we've spoken about them going off to have their moment under the tree so I guess it really culminates with them going off into a separate room and things are getting a little bit more heated. The whole time Dan has kind of paid attention to that. That Lucas and Peyton are now running off together. And his face is almost one of Dan's face at the time when they go off from under the tree off to find their secret little room and he says, oh, how does that story end, by the way? Um, Dan's face is almost one of, I've got ya. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm happy about this. And or. But, got something over on you yeah and there's almost that glint of well that's my son's ex-girlfriend and my so-called other child has run away with her let's take a moment there so wait you're still very much on the train that keith is the real dad i mean it's gotta be okay just checking in <laughs> i think it's important to just check in um so they go off to the room yeah and in this moment, I was thinking, are they drunk? But they haven't had anything to drink, so... Because it's a little bit sloppy, do you mean? No, not even that it's sloppy in that the way... So, they obviously want to be together. They obviously want to go down to Funky Town. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, and and things are happening, and he's reacting. He's like, oh, I'm really loving this. He's... <laughs> I mean, he was really loving this. <laughs> just want to take a moment to say, hey, I'm loving this, I'm loving what you're doing, I'm loving your work. I've already it... shot my load. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Hayley gave Nathan some rubbers so oh. we can in the upper room. They're in that tin, we can share. <laughs> no, he, he says, um, 
he's breathing really heavy. He's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's like, and he said, do that again, but with my head against yours. <laughs> yeah. Say it softer. But he, he's saying, I've always wanted this. This is what I've always wanted. And then she says, me too, or something like that. And then he goes, no, no, this. And he puts, puts uh, his hand on his heart, on her heart. Yeah. And says, I want it all. I want it all with you. Which she then says, why did you have to ruin it? it, it she was just scared at that moment because she probably wants that as well he just came out and, and he just said it and she's never had that emotional connection from a, a guy before and cause... nathan's never would have never said anything like that no. he's just fully like he he's fully into well that's it that's i want to i want to be in love with you i want to have an emotional connection have a relationship this is kind of like us this is us forever this is what yeah. i want yeah and she's just like it's too it's too eager it's too full-on I mean, you can kind of see both sides, I guess. Like, he could have played it a bit more cool, but at the same time, if he feels a certain way, he should feel like he can express it. Um, at the same time, maybe she could just express, like, okay, but let's just take it slow. That's all she had to say, you know? He's very much in touch with his feelings and, and who he is and what he's comfortable with saying. Yeah. And, and being himself. She's really not. Yeah. And that's evident throughout so far. And she might really want to be with him, but can't express it the way he he has just done and freaks out. But yeah. this has been an episode of Peyton storming away. She storms away three times. It drives me mental. Just st- either stand up for yourself or tell people to piss off and then walk <laughs> off. But she just walks out. When Brooke's being a dick and he has to kiss her, um, and she has to kiss Lucas, she then storms off. There's another moment before that well, um, where she has an interview. What, what happens? She storms off before that. Oh, she storms off when she's in the room with Nathan yeah. and Brooke come, and Brooke's trying to manipulate them and then she storms yeah, off. Yeah, she storms off and she's all huffy. And then she storms off here. Just stop storming mm, off. Three storms, It's yeah. so annoying. This is, this, is, this is like the Karen rant when Karen was like the ultimate doormat and got you know annoyed with someone and then immediately apologized this person doesn't even say anything she just leaves a room mm. just you know stand up for yourself a bit more well and then she does she's doing her art at the end uh which and then she's saying we can't have it she adds that in doesn't yeah. she yeah adds in the tea <sighs> it's harsh i mean she looks at the camera and then he's just sitting he's watching watching yeah do you think she knows I think so. I think she probably has an idea. I don't know. Does it have like... Do <laughs> Lucas Scott she... has just signed in. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I was just thinking. Um, so, okay, so where do you see them going from here? It's, oh, it's really difficult to judge them because I think he's... he. She's going to try and keep her distance. He's going to try and edge in again and say, look, what happened the other night? Tell me where I've gone wrong. Um, and she's going to be like, well, if you don't know that, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. You know, why are you angry at me? Or if you don't know that, I'm not going to tell you. Hate that. Yeah. You hate that? Yeah. 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 You had that before? Yeah. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. Um, but it's for, obviously for different reasons with her. She's just emotionally a bit of a mess. Yeah. Um, and he, 
just doesn't know what to do. I think he just, I he think just you, when, you, when you love someone that much, you just want to you just want to say it. And he, you kind of nailed it, I think, in terms of he's just. I don't think he sees what the problem is. He's just been honest. He hasn't. He doesn't have this facade that they have and this front of this is how these things work. It's a process. You do this and you do that and blah blah blah. He's just like, well, I'm just gonna tell. I'm just gonna be real. I'm just gonna tell you how I how I feel and you know. And if you reciprocate that, if you like me, then it's all good. Like I don't think he. She's making it more complicated than it needs to be. I think in his eyes and uh, and. She just needs maybe be a bit more transparent and communicate. Maybe she bases relationships on a physical um, connection first, because mm. there's clearly there clearly is an emotional connection between them. But Lucas is very emotional and uh, very led by his emotions as well, whereas she's led by her her uh, emotions and but being internal. And he's quite expressive in terms mm. of how he's feeling, and he's not happy about something, and he's quite sad. And you always think she's sad because she's just like moody all the time. Yeah. But she doesn't necessarily. She's not forthcoming with her emotions and, and what the problems are. Whereas he's very open and will tell people what's going on. Well, that and that so that's interesting as well because, like, and is again is only because we are talking about it in such depth. But I kind of see that. Like uh, I can I can pull that comparison to myself identifying with him a lot further because I've, I'm very much like that. Like I would just say how I feel most pretty much all of the time, um, and that can sometimes lead to could that can lead to like awkward situations in terms of like what we said in that in our high flyers club the first time like i i could i'll put myself in a vulnerable position by saying how i feel because i'd rather just express and be honest about it than hold anything back and then feel like oh i wish i just said that or just been honest with it i'd rather just well take me for how i am you know if you like me you like me and if you don't then that's okay but at least i've been real to myself do you know what i mean and i think that he does amplify that so i can see again why i would further probably buy into his character and therefore buy in further into the show as a whole nice that's nice it's a nice touch nice moment yeah i like that i like your honesty thank you <laughs> no i do you get I, it? I think it i i get it <laughs> but i think it's it's good to be like that sometimes some yeah. sometimes okay i understand people being a bit more reserved and holding things in but actually just it can work against you. I, yeah, I yeah. think as much as it's... Which is what's happened to Lucas in this episode. It, it makes you more vulnerable, mm. I think. And I think, But I <laughs> think having the facade can make you too the other way, like too guarded. You can be like too guarded, so then you're not allowing yourself to have the, you know, the fruits of whatever over here. Uh, and then you've got other people that are just reaching too much for all of the fruits. <laughs> and, you know... <laughs> you know i think you can there's pros and cons to either way but i think it's you know i just find that if you can relate to a character in something it allows you to feel a deeper connection to it i mean and you feel this you see yourself in whitey and, and I get <laughs> that, so. <laughs> right okay so wait so you've so we, we've done it haven't we where do you see you've said where you think they're going so that is our characters. That's the lot. 
That is it. We covered a lot. So now, before we go any further, if you'd like to hear the next episode of this podcast, before we get into our judgments, if you're already after this, just want to go straight into the next one, head over to Patreon, ravenshoops.net, where you can get additional content, as well as early release, as well as access to the Mighty 90s, and all of that good stuff. So you can find out more about that right now. You just became a raven. Hello and welcome to the Mighty 90s Podcast Network. Our network is made up of two podcasts. The Mighty 90s Movie and TV Podcast, a look back at 90s movies we grew up with. And The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast covering each individual episode of the show. All of our podcast episodes are free on all podcast platforms. But if you would like to support us on our podcast journey, then we have free Patreon tiers with bonus content and ways to connect with us that we'd love to share with you. All of our Patreon tiers include all of our podcasts. The first tier, Junior Varsity. You receive one week early access on all of our podcast episodes, a patron shout out on the podcast, access to our monthly One Tree Hill bonus episode, exclusive access to non-90s movies that we will cover and a 90s movie title of your choice on the wheel. Your movie title choice will be put on this wheel and at the end of each Mighty 90s episode we will spin the wheel and that will decide what movie we will cover next. The second tier, Varsity. All of the perks from Junior Varsity and you get to add a non-90s movie from any year to the wheel and the final tier hall of fame if there is anyone out there that loves our work this much then we want to speak with you so you get all of the previous perks and we will invite you to co-host an episode of the podcast with us we appreciate any level of support from an instagram follow to any of our patreon tiers we love doing this and we appreciate you all be gentle with us and wear gloves so dom Judgments, my friend. Who's your favourite performer of the episode? For me, in this episode, it was Bethany Joy Lenz. Wow, Haley. Yeah. Okay. She um, had a whole array of emotions. I think uh, Hilary Burton was just being Peyton that has always been so up and down and pretty much moody and blah 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 Lucas um, Chad Michael Murray's just being the same it was very very close between um, James, James Lafferty. Lafferty and Bethany Joy Lenz and I think I'll give it to her for the emotional like range that she had in this episode so um, she went from being nervous to about telling Lucas to a little bit shy around Nathan to very caring to again back to nervous in the house and explaining things to Karen and it's that um, when the when Brooke comes and says the lies she then displays like immediate hurt and almost pain and then she runs away in the cafe and she displays just pure sadness and she's just guided and uh, just the the range of emotions that she's gone through the range of emotions she's gone through is really good in this episode so well done to her mm. did anyone stand out for you i i would agree with hayley uh i think it's a, a bethany joy lens for hayley i think it's a really good choice 
I think she played it really well when she was upset in the cafe at the end with Lucas. Like, it was um, hard to watch because you're upset for her. But I think she played it really well. Even in terms of, like, you know, I'll be okay. I just want to be by myself. Yeah, I think she just... That whole scene was really good. whole episode. Excellent. About your favourite character? I really want to say Whitey. You can say Whitey if you want. It's your choice. It's subjective. I actually think I'm going to say Jake. I knew he was going to say Jake. Do you know how I knew? Because you were going to say Jake? That's right. <laughs> Go ahead. Take um, the wind out of my sails once again. Sorry, my friend. I am sorry. No, I want to hear him. Jake being so um, down to earth. And I'm, he is the, the, the title song, isn't he? Mm-hmm. In this episode, the title song could just be about him. Yeah. Um, and then we find out that he's the father of this baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously don't know any circumstances yet. And that's big news. And we know that Whitey knows and... You know, they make the a point. They make make a point of clarifying it because they give him that clarifying line of, of dialogue of "Daddy's here," just so you one hundred percent know that it's not. It's like Daddy will always be there for you. Yeah, it's like not looking after someone else's kid. This yeah. is his kid. So I I just thought um, it was nice to learn more about Jake, and I I thought he did it really well as well. Mm. Yeah, I agree, and did, I agree. Did he have him. any really like good standout moments for you? Because I know we've talked about him being a great character before, and then we've not seen him for a couple of episodes, and then he's come back. So, is there anything that really stood out for you that made you go, "Yes, he's the one"? I think that whole interaction with Brooke, where he's just so beyond this, like he kind of, it's like he's seeing her as very immature, which that is what she's being. But also just like, oh, this is a whole different world to where he is at mentally, you know, and in his life. So and I thought that was a good moment. Jake, in my view, would fit with Karen and Keith. Yeah. Really well. Yeah, exactly. He, he, he's kind of one character that could quite easily cross over mm. to both sides. He's got... He probably never will or never does, but I, I can kind of see that that could happen. Yeah, he's just very confident in he in who he is without being like arrogant and i think that confidence and arrogance there's a very fine line and uh but he is very much on like the confident without the arrogance side if he turns out to be a single parent then karen could be useful to him it's like a mentor yeah like advice and just like how did you get through it Hmm. because she's lived it she's done all that so that could happen could happen Favourite song? Uh, there's a Maroon 5 song, which was the only da, song da, I recognised. Yeah. She Will Be Loved, is that Yeah. Um, so that that was the obvious choice. I think there was a song in there by a band called U96, or U96, I assume U96, um, which was a pretty good song. I only know that because I shazam the song. Right. So I, I don't look it up just in case it links it to the episode. Oh no! Nice. So I just shazam it. <laughs> oh, that's good because that'll tell me what I need to know. Yeah. Other than that, good call. This is our dedication. <laughs> well, which one would it be then? Uh, we'll go with the. I don't particularly like that Maroon Five song, so I'll go with U ninety six. 
Okay. Um, Mar- the Maroon 5 song was the only one that I knew, so I'll just take it on that's all that I knew. I, I yeah. No. No. I will say the song that Jake's singing at the end. Nice. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's funny enough, I thought all along that's, that's the one you'd go for. Yeah, I just remembered that. So, yeah. <laughs> Okay, favourite background performer? Our Ravens guy is there. He is. Our favourite member of the team. He's at the party. He's there in his horrible green tie and like a grey shirt. Yeah, he is. I saw him and I just thought, Ravens! When Peyton's doing a little storm off again. He sort of laughs like, at it, doesn't he's he? He's like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sort of follows her around, but yeah, I'm going with him. Amen. No, there was no one else for me. He's the main man. He is. Which leads us to our rating. Okay, now, did you go first last time or did I? You went first last time. Okay, then it's on And you. then I brought it down quite a few numbers from what you were expecting, and you were like, that's bullshit. So. Right. Before we go into this uh, rating, then, upon reflection and with comparison, this episode to last episode, do you, does it make you feel, we gave the last episode a seven, do you feel that in hindsight then, actually that should have been higher? Because that was a great episode. Which is exactly what I alluded to when we first started the podcast, or before, I might have been before we were recording. I said to you, we need to talk about the ratings because I've got something to say. Go ahead. I think the last episode is an eight. Oh. So I'd like to upgrade it to an eight. Okay, so we need to make this rule then. Are we a, are we allowing ourselves to go back and and change ratings? Well, I'm happy to do that. You're you're the you're the boss, but it just means I could go back and downgrade ratings. I know that's what. It's, well, I'm happy to upgrade it to an eight because I think that. I think that I think that that is. You said you'd never get me there, and in watching this episode, it's got me there. Okay, so can you explain explain the decision? The just the contrast in episodes was massive, was so different, and you had the the togetherness of every character, right at the end, but mm. but in their own little segments as well. So you had Nathan and Lucas first coming together, and it's their first opportunity to work together as, uh, collaboratively, on the back of just fighting. You had uh, Peyton and Haley being able to come together and th- and that work um, and have to work collaboratively because they've run out of fuel and they have to go and get gas or petrol or whatever you know you call it from wherever you are in the world <laughs> to fill up the the beetle and um, Brooke wasn't as much of a douchebag she was still a bit of an asshole but not as much as she was in this episode so um, and she had a really nice. Sort of connection with Haley when she was high on drugs and painkillers. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was nice. And then you you get all five of them together in that episode as well mm-hmm. for the for like first yeah. time. Like Brooks like passed out, but in the, they're, they're the all end, together. Get... It's an awkward silence, but they're they're all. It's the first time you see them all together, and that's iconic. So the properly all together. I mean, anyway. So so this would be a retcon. It's like going back and correcting something from the past. Is this the the TV term for a retcon? Yes. Uh, so you want to go and retcon episode six to an eight? Yes. Approved. Agreed. <laughs> okay. So we will officially change. We have we have this written on the whiteboard where we record. So we'll have that changed. So okay. Would you like to start us off with your proposal for debate 
for rating for episode seven. You want the number? I do. Eight. Okay. Uh, now I'd like your reasoning. I think it's an eight, another eight, because it is a, a great contrast from the last episode, but has some really good performances in it. So although I like a bit of the basketball, because I know nothing about it and it's good to learn, I had um, every character all together in one space, um, predominantly. So there were moments in the cafe and other places in Lucas's room, but that's predominantly in one space. So they're all together and they all have to interact with one another at different points. You know, Haley interacting with Debs was, was something I wasn't expecting. And... Um, Whitey being in the house uh, completely unexpected so he's interacting on the, the kids and the adult side because he's he, you know in, in both their worlds isn't he and has been a part of, of all their worlds um, and just the whole situation there's, there's character development between and friendship development between Karen and Debs and kind of them attacking Dan without really knowing they're attacking him and just by the things they're saying and Dan being his usual passive-aggressive self and Nathan being more open and it just felt like an ape to me. Like, there are, there are elements that are missing because I felt like I didn't... The reason I upgraded last week's episode is I felt like I connected with it more than I did this episode. I think mostly because Brooke was so horrible and I, I, it put me off. But then I thought I shouldn't let that take away from everyone else's, mm. you know, everyone else's development and everyone else's performances. She performed that well. She did that really well. She plays horrible cheerleader girl well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's why I think it's an eight. Well, I had a number in my head before we even got here, like last night when I was watching it, and then um, I thought, I'm still with it, still with this number. And the number, what do you think the number is? Nine. It's eight. Oh, Nice. Yeah, yeah, I thought this is a solid eight. Is... But remember, I did think that the last episode was a ten, and I still stick with that. But I'm happy that you uh, retconned it to to an eight. So back to back eights, which means for the record, this is episode seven. So far, our scores have gone six, seven, eight, seven, nine, eight, eight. So high. In fact, the, the, our lowest score is the pilot, um, but the rest we're sitting in seven, eights, and nine here. So, pretty good, my friend. We're sitting <laughs> on probably an average of an eight, then, aren't we? I'd say uh, eight, seven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The nine bring it. Mm, yeah. Sort of seven, eight. Yeah. Yeah. Seven pretty good. Half. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. Okay. So, that is this episode. You can. Find us on social media, Dom. Uh, yeah, follow us on Instagram at Ravens Podcast. Uh, I'm not allowed to look at it, but I'm sure there's loads of great content on there. <laughs> <laughs> there sure is. Uh, please do us a favour. If you enjoy the podcast, you can support us for free, for no money at all, just by going to your podcast app, whatever app it is, and hitting the five stars. Write a little review. Say something nice. Go on. <laughs> yeah, do it for your friends, Simon and Dom. <laughs> it, it just helps us to, uh, you know, get it out to more people, gets more visibility across the different platforms. And uh, it just means that we get to share this journey with, with more people because that's what we do it for. We enjoy doing it because 
selfishly, we enjoy doing it to, to for me and Dom to get together once a week, have some pizza and talk about One Tree Hill and 90s movies that we love. But we also enjoy being able to share that with people. And it's awesome when people reach out to us and say that they've enjoyed the podcast or there's been things that we've spoken about that has, you know, resonated with them. So you can also hit us up on our email address, which is the mighty 90s that's 90s, so the mighty 90s podcast at gmail.com. So yeah, reach out to us. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening. Ravens on three. You do the count this time. <laughs> I always do the count. Come on, Dom. So Ravens on three. One, two, three. Ravens! Ravens!